get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. everyone and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And if you haven't been outside yet today, you might recognize as you walk out the door in the St. Louis metro area that it is, uh, well, it's mildly warm. Oh, it's too hot, too hot, too hot, baby. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. If you're going to be walking down the sidewalk today, do not be drinking a glass of milk. Milk would be a bad choice. I'd be 105 concerned. today, kids, I believe. I saw that. Yeah, that's that's hot. How are you doing? Otherwise? Good. Doing good. I'm I'm doing great. Cardinals won. They finally Here beat come the, Card- the Pirates. Yeah, no, now that's the Cardinals win. Yes. Cardinals are coming. La, 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 la. The Cardinals are coming, tra-la-tra-la. The Cubbies are going, tra-la-tra-la. Don't count on the Mets, tra-la-tra-la. The Cardinals are coming, tra-la-tra-la. CD, wow, what do you mean? The, the Pirates, you know, the Pirates, they're really good. 2023 World Champions, they finally beat them so this season. Uh, listen, if that is what we're going to... Uh, Raise a banner for? So the Jolly Roger. <laughs> yes. We're, we're raising banners for uh, wins in Pittsburgh now? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, they were 0 for 5 in Pittsburgh that's, this season. I mean, season, that's not then, great. You know, they fin- finally took them down. The World Series I'm, champs. I, I don't know about you, Brooke, but I'm kind of disappointed that our guy doesn't like winning anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love winning. I, I, am, I am the you want to win. That, I'm your guy. But listen. But that's not winning? I don't get false enthusiasm about uh, beating up on a team that you know he should be beating up well, on. Well, here's the thing. See, the Pirates are a little different because they don't have O'Neill Cruz, alright? All right, so he didn't he, play? He's not, he's, he's he, not playing. He, 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 played in the, he played in other games. Kerry, Brooke. <laughs> okay, so the Cardinals are in this predicament, right? They're 15 games under 500. That's a that's more games. than a predicament. That's kind of... That, that, <laughs> is it 15, by the way? Uh, 56 and 72, is that 16? But here's they the thing. They were 16. They were 17 yesterday. 17 yesterday. Yeah. But then you put Richie Palacios into the lineup, and oh. you got a different animal altogether. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan of Richie Palacios right now. What can you not... I, at least it's hey. something to look at First at this inning. moment. That is the motto of our year. At least it's something. <laughs> First inning. Goldie aboard. Nolan aboard. Contreras aboard. And Richie at the plate. Driven down the right field line. That ball is fair and headed for the corner. 
That's going to score two. The Palacios party continues in Pittsburgh. He ambushes the first pitch, drives home two more, and the Cardinals lead 3-0. The Palacios party, the Richie revolution. Chip Carey, the call on Bally Sports. The Cardinals were off and running. And oh, by the way, uh, one of their secondary players got in on the action later in the game. <laughs> Second inning, you've got Goldie aboard and Alec Burleson aboard. Secondary players? Yeah. For the, and this guy kind of helps chip in a little bit. Ortiz turns her loose. Hammer toward third. It did have a hit in it. Down the line. That's going to go for extra bases. Takes an awkward bounce off the sidewall. The Cardinals are going to get two runs out of it. Nolan Arenado with a bases clearing double. Arenado goes two for four on the day. Uh, Richie Palacios goes three for four on the day. And the Cardinals knock off the Buccos by a score of six to four. So... I'm trying to put this in a little bit of perspective because it's, you know, it's different. I, I guess the thing is, so the Cardinals had a guy get hurt, okay? And Richie Palacios had to be called up. Who was it that got hurt? Who did you? Do you do Dylan you? Carlson? Dylan Carlson. Which one? Which guy? Well, here it is. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a lot. It's the 2023 <laughs> version of Bobby Bonilla. Oh. Is that, what, is that, is that what we have right yeah, now? Changing the fortunes of the squad. Okay. <laughs> Um, Who's fired up with me? Come on. Go on I, I don't know if I can. Yeah. Can you remind Ritchie. me um, when Oscar Mercado came up, he was uh-huh. on fire as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Brooke was fired up about Oscar Mercado. Oscar Mercado now, was, you was, recall was, that was I wasn't fired thing. up. I wasn't fired up uh, about Oscar So Mercado. is this a, a, another episode of it's, that? It's the Richie Revolution. Okay. Is this Oscar Mercado 2.0? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So the, the Cardinals do win a game against the Pirates, which is positive. I think we should mm-hmm. all take something out of that. Sure. Zach Thompson. Zach That's, Thompson was there. There, there you go. Now, there we're, we now go. we're talking. Zach Thompson. Okay. He looked pretty good. He's kind of like, um, well, again, Richie Palacios is Albert Pools. Zach Thompson is no. uh, oh, Chris no. Carpenter. Uh, he's, he says Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> oh. Okay. So are you guys good with that? Would you be okay with uh, Matthew? You can weigh in here. Would you guys be good with uh, him winding up being like Clayton Kershaw? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, you okay I with that? So. I'm okay with yeah. that. I think okay. we need to, we need to trust the greats on this team. I mean, Wayno said he's got some, he's got Clayton Kershaw in him. Yep. Albert Pujols said that Juan Yepes oh. that, that has hasn't, that. Spe- no, that hasn't that hasn't worked out. But you don't, well, we, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lean on that. Think you don't think Juan it has? Not, oh, okay. How many ball. games has Juan played this year? So do you think the Kershaw things with the Cardinals? With the Cardinals? I don't know. Twenty-five. It is not great. Albert we Pibbles. have not seen him in a He's while. Been, it, it's, He's in purgatory. Strange. So now we have Friday evening. The Cardinals are in Philadelphia, and they're going to send Miles Michaelis to the mound. Uh, and hopefully they'll be able to handle Christopher Sanchez. That's C-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R. And the Cardinals perhaps can get some revenge for last year's playoff loss to Philadelphia here in St. Louis. I don't know if this is the I don't know yeah. if this is the season to get that, Randy. I don't know that that's this revenge. No. Okay. Well, okay. So the Cardinals get a win. Okay, and you guys are down because they're they're 16 games under 500. Let me tell you something though. It could be worse. Ooh, yes. Uh last night the uh Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, USA, uh World Universe. Uh they got bad news. Velocity. Trying to get the fastball by Carnacion Strand, who fought it off. Two balls and two strikes. And I think Ipe and Phil Nevin are coming out. Shohei looked in there. 
right away, and they saw and sensed something. We're seeing velocity being down even across the board as far as all his pitches. And that last pitch, 94 miles an hour. More injuries than most teams. The last pitch, that is fastball in and on he, the hands. And he looked, I think that might be it for Shohei. You hear the crowd murmur, and Shohei will come out of the game. We've seen this way too many times this year. Shohei leaving the mound with Mike Frostad and Ipe behind him. Yeah, not great. Here is the general manager of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, Perry Manasian. Obviously, Shohei left the game today. Um, we did imaging in between games. He does have a tear, uh, you know, and he won't pitch the rest of the year. So we're going to get a second opinion, go from there, but it's basically day to day. Obviously, he hit. So, um, you know, that's that's where we're at. That's a UCL tear? Yes. Yeah. So, again, I don't have, as far as plans and details, I don't have those yet. You know, he's going to have been in contact with his representation. Um, obviously, he hit the second game. He's played with this in 18. So, um, you know, but with that being said, we'll take it day by day and and um, you know, see where it goes. Tommy John surgery certainly on the horizon. A second one for Shohei Otani, who underwent Tommy John in October of 2018. The most anticipated free agent in the history of baseball. And this is bad not only for him and for all the teams that were going to pursue him, but it's bad for baseball. It's terrible for baseball that you can't show Shohei Otani pitching for another year. Yeah, and Mike Trout also injured. I mean, it's just, it's never ending. What did the Angels do? But hey, hey guys, maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining. The Cardinals could get him at a discount now. Oh, <laughs> no. Just, nah. no? Nah. Oh, come on, CD. I, I actually think it works. It, it, it makes the Cardinals worse off because now if he's injured, that means you're going to have other suitors looking at an Aaron Nola or a, Bla- a, a Blake Snail. You're going to have more people involved in looking at those guys, which could rise, raise the price for what the Cardinals could have potentially paid. And now we're not going to get a free if, agent. If he undergoes Tommy John surgery, I can almost guarantee you that Urias resigns with the Dodgers by the end of oh. September. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's that feels like a guarantee. Yeah. So there's another arm that is taken away. 27 years old. That was a guy that I really liked his stuff and the potential behind it too. Age wise, as we mentioned there, it, it's going to be a very interesting market for starting pitchers. This free agency, and we already heard what Mosellock said before about it. Now the competition is going to be even more so. And guys like Nola, guys like Snell will command the big dollars from a franchise like Boston. They have big money. I would think, by the way, that Otani, because he'll still be a hitter next year, he has a much greater likelihood of staying in Anaheim right now. But I wonder if there will be teams that will roll the dice. And the Dodgers have rolled the dice on pitchers that have had arm surgery before. I could absolutely see the Dodgers still signing Otani as a hitter for next year. J.D. Martinez is only under a one-year contract. Sign him as a hitter and then... You could always rework his contract if you want. And if he comes back as a pitcher, then give him pitcher's money too. But uh, he is too much of a draw, I think, for teams like the Dodgers or Seattle or San Francisco to just pass up on him. If San Francisco got him, they would... They were looking at the offense anyway. They need a star. So I I can see San Francisco absolutely signing him, uh, signing Otani as a hitter. I I feel bad for him. I mean, just to, to know... 
you never, when you're becoming a free agent, you never want to get injured. You want to finish that season as quickly as possible, as healthy as possible uh, to, to have a torn UCL at this moment, knowing that you were probably going to make $40, $50 million a year. Maybe you still get it, but maybe it's shy. You know, pull some teams off of you. It's just unfortunate for him. And what are they, the Angels must be cursed. Yes, yeah, exactly. they, they have yeah. two of the best players to ever play the game, and they're always injured, and they they don't win. And so that's that's got to be really bad for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame, and you wonder why they're cursed. What you, you happened? Know, what else I thought is <laughs> now the, the Angels of all yeah, teams. All right. <laughs> Should they should they be cursed? Should angels be cursed? They, no. They did a movie, Angels in the Outfield. Have they? Maybe that's yeah. it. Mm. Maybe maybe. Oh, oh we might have figured it out. Mm. It, it seems like they they can't figure it out. And then you have everything that happened with Albert Pujols there too, and it, it just seems like they cannot catch a break. I don't necessarily, I guess, feel sorry for him. It just seems like it's a re- really weird set of circumstances, but Shohei not being able to get that contract, that was going to be so exciting to see where he would land. The amount of money that he would be getting, uh, now that's not going to be a possibility. Yeah. By the way, when he did not pitch in 2019 after Tommy John, he hit 18 homers, drove in 62, 425 plate appearances. He had an 848 OPS, 18 homers, 20 doubles, and five triples. So he was still a representative hitter that year when he didn't pitch. So if you sign him as a hitter, if you're the Dodgers and sign him as a hitter next year, uh, he's evolved into a great hitter now. The last three years, 46 homers, 34, and then 44 homers, 91 RBIs this year. He's a much better hitter now than he was in 2019. So maybe it's worth it. Have him undergo the Tommy John for the pitching and then sign him as a DH. He's a better DH even with Tommy John. If you don't have him as a pitcher, he's a better DH for the Dodgers than J.D. Martinez is. And J.D. Martinez is a good DH. So, uh, do you think the Dodgers would be able to get Urias and Shohei? Oh, Atani? absolutely. Dodgers, they, they've never, uh, their president, Stan Kasten, said, we don't have a budget and we really don't know where it is. And he still <laughs> hasn't said that they have a budget. So, yeah, I don't think the Dodgers are worried about money or luxury taxes or anything. And they do handle their money very well. Good. Yeah. Hopefully, it still works out for him. Yeah, I, I hope so. So uh, there you have it. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Cards at Philly tonight after beating those buckos yesterday. Go Cards. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to talk to Greg Amson here at the bottom of this hour. We're also going to talk to our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. And a lot more coming your way, including sick of it. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Uh, it's Brooke Grimsley. It's Kerry Davis. It's Randy Carriker. It's Matthew Rocchio. It's you with your text 314-399-9646. Yo-ho! Yo-ho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's what I'm sick of. I'm sick of people not sticking to their word, okay? So 
There was a promo on ESPN radio earlier today in which Mike Greenberg said that if he heard that again, he would smash his head against a wall. (laughs) I'm sick of Mike Greenberg not smashing his head against a wall if he tells us he's going to do it. I want to see it. He's on TV all the time. And I want to see Mike Greenberg smash his head against a wall. I don't think he meant that literally. But why would he say it, Carrie? Sometimes we say things in in not a literal sense. We're just we're just talking. We're frustrated. Okay, Mm. can I uh, change my sick of it? Okay, sure. I'm sick of Mike Greenberg. Oh, wow. wow. That jumped Say quickly. That. Tell us how you really feel. That's what it is. Now we get into the root of things. What <laughs> Greenberg do to you, Randy? You just don't, you know. just got, it's a, you know, he doesn't eat Mike any Green, food Mike with his hands. He's, he's a very smart guy, mm-hmm. but he has stupid takes. Mm. Mm. And he, he he has takes for effect, and that's I'm just not into takes for effect. Uh, I can I can see that. I that's the way things that. are going now, right? I can't yeah, think that's, it is. That's, yeah. yeah, the way of the world. Yeah, I in mean, this, in the sports media mm-hmm. world. When I say Richie Palacios is the next Albert Pujols, I mean people can count on that. <laughs> that, that I, I put a lot of thought <laughs> into my take. You called, you called one guy Honus Wagner. How, how, how did that work? Out? He's rocking and rolling. Hey, he, he looked good great last night. night. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. before that though, he uh, was. He was you know, Struggle. even Hannes went into a slum now okay. and then. All right. New team. The, the real Hannes. Yeah. yeah. The fake He's Hannes. resurrected. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. You know what I'm sick of? I get sick of people not doing their jobs. There's one thing. If you don't want to do your job, cool. But you not doing your job should not impact me from be doing my job. The moment you being lazy on your job makes my job harder is the moment where now you and I have to have a conversation. So just do your job. The jobs that you are assigned, the duties that were assigned to you, don't pass the buck. Don't be lazy. Don't expect someone else to pick up your slack because you don't want to. It just now here's the thing. I will gladly do your job. Give me your salary. If you're going to have me do your job and mine, then why should you have a salary? Why should you get paid the money you get paid if I'm doing the work? Fair enough. It's not your job. It's mine. Give me the money. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's all I got. One of my all-time favorite people is Rick Venturi. We got to get Coach on before the season. He's a guy. And he is good friends with Bill Belichick. But he's also willing to point out the, the peccadillies of Bill Belichick. Well, you walk into the Patriots facility and in a, on a huge sign above the receptionist, above the receptionist desk, three words, do your job. Yes. But the other fun thing is coach says, you look up at that and you see, do your job. He said, you look down at the floor and that line between right and wrong is really blurry in that facility. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right. You know what I'm sick of, guys? Tis the season today. This should be a national holiday. And CD knows where I'm going with this because we are big fans of this. Everybody, it is pumpkin spice season. Officially yes. at Starbucks. It is officially pumpkin it's spice here. latte season. It's here. Today's the day that you can go and get that at Starbucks. You know what I'm sick of, guys? Is pumpkin spice haters. Oh, yeah. How, do you hate what's wrong, what's wrong with joy? The they, taste uh, of joy? It's just. Of fall? Oh, 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 oh. Here it comes. Here he goes. There yes, he goes. I, here's the haters. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, of course there you we do. go. The haters in the room with us, in yeah. the building right yeah, now. Lined up. 
Well, they, what is they, it they that don't you don't understand. like? They, they don't understand what they're missing out on. You see, okay. when you when you drink a pumpkin spice latte, CD, it's, what are the feelings that it brings? Uh, it, I get feelings of walking in a meadow and and the the yes. sun beaming on my face, touching mm-hmm. the grass, feeling the flowers as yes. I as I stroll by. Carrie, I've seen your allergies. You're not doing any of that well, in the fall. I've seen your allergies. Okay. Ruin my vision. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not the one doing it to you. He has Claritin. He has all yeah. the nasal sprays. I just took all of it just yeah. last break. Can we all agree? <laughs> That if you hate, okay, if you hate pumpkin spice, you hate fall, you hate football, and therefore yeah. you hate America. Oh, yes. There we go. <laughs> I, now, now I see the connection. It. Rock, yeah. do you, do you care it. to explain why you hate America? Uh, no, I just hate fall. Because <laughs> it means winter's coming. Oh, but can you not enjoy winter's the present? Coming. The present of just being, I know right now it's not fall, but I'm saying like, why not worry about what lies ahead? Just enjoy the present because fall is so beautiful. I live, and the leaves I live are perpetually terrified of my recent future. Oh, okay. That's what? a state of panic to be in. What? You, you worry <laughs> often about the future that's right in constantly, front of you? Constantly and forever. You should, you should take a chill. Since, about, people, a, since about nine years old, I've been doing that. <laughs> that's Isn't gotta this be an indictment? <laughs> Of our entire American society? Yes. 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 What you're doing. Yes. Well, you no, can no. do what you want to us. But we're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> and pumpkin spice. But you just said it was an indictment on our entire society. Well, yeah, if you don't like doing. pumpkin spice, it oh, is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Pumpkin spice is a sign of fall. Fall is. is a sign of football. Football is a sign of America. I... Ergo, there you go. You don't it's like beautiful. pumpkin spice. You don't like America. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. And some people are saying, look, it's 115 degrees outside. I don't want PSL <laughs> anything. Just take it inside, you know, enjoy with some air conditioning. Just enjoy, right? Enjoy just enjoy life. it. And it's PSL okay. is not just for the influencers, as people are saying. It is for everyone. I want to get it back. It's fall. It's spice. It's beautiful. I don't care <laughs> if it makes me basic, as like Gen C says about the millennials. I don't care. I think it's beautiful, especially you guys know how I love my Target trips. Mm-hmm. Get a nice PSL. It could be ice. There we go. To solve the Blech. hot outside. Blech. I know you don't like iced coffee. Blech. But then you get to walk around, look at the decorations for fall. Think about buying some things. Mm-hmm. How can we get it's you beautiful. to not fear the future as much as you do? No, that's not that, 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 that's the that's so Tell my brain. I've been doing this for two decades. The, your fear of the the you said recent future of the reason of the recent future. Like what's about to happen? What's about to happen? Whew. You need a hug. I'm more scared about the next three months than I am like three years from now. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but I am. Hmm. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> It's because it's going to be 100,000 degrees there you today. Go. This is apparently there a very hot take about the pumpkin spice season. Oh, my goodness. The text line has feelings about pumpkin yeah. spice. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll get to some I other feelings here. Okay. Uh, um, Can I give you one other quick one? My son, pumpkin spice enthusiast uh, and pumpkin pie enthusiast. One morning on Thanksgiving morning. I had promised to get him a pumpkin pie that they sold at Quick Trip. They sell Eckert at Christmas season. They sell, or no, at Thanksgiving season. They sell apple, pecan, and um, pecan pie, and (laughs) and pumpkin pies at Quick Trip. Well, I didn't get it on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Thanksgiving morning, I go to Quick Trip up here on Lackland, which is my Quick Trip. 
No pumpkin pies. No problem. I'll go to the one on Dorset. No pumpkin pies. Go to the one on the Rock Road. No pumpkins. I wound up going to 11. Oh, my God. Finally, at the 11th one over by Northwest Plaza, I found (laughs) pumpkin pie. Thanksgiving morning, I went to 11 different quick trips to find a pumpkin pie. Oh, my gosh. He should be very proud of his father. And appreciative of all of the work you did. And I knew where every single quick trip was. (laughs) Every single one of them. Yep. I walk in, go to the left, get my large, bing, bang, boom, Diet Dr. Pepper, great ice. The best. Love my guys at Mobile on the Run. They're they're awesome. But if you want the best ice, it's Quick Trip. It's pure mm-hmm. filtered. They have people driving around right now listening to this show whose job it is is to clean out the water pipes that feed the ice machines at Quick Trip. And it's the best ice you'll ever have. There you go. I see that filtered sign on on the on the soda right. I'm going uh-huh. for. Oh, uh-huh. I know it's going to be a good day. So now you know via radio. The more you know. Uh, I'm sick of salesmen approaching me in the center aisles of grocery stores. I did not stroll into Walmart with my kids looking to switch internet providers. Okay. Leave me alone. That okay. I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, that happens. Got Walmart. Got to play for you. Got to play. Happens at Costco all the time. All right. Uh, and you don't have to have the platform that we have. But when they come up to me and say, you happy with your uh, inter- your uh, cell provider? Well, yeah, because it's free. Can you beat free? <laughs> yeah, no, I really can't beat free. And then they just walk away. There so you, you just tell them you're getting free inter- uh, free phone and you're good. That makes sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I, I didn't know that that can't happens be- at and Costco And if they can beat free, if they'll pay you to use their cell service, then, then, sign, then you sign up with sign them. Sign up, yeah. <laughs> we'll I'm sick you. of... I'm sick of watching players in the lineup or on the mound that will not even be on the roster next year. Bring up the young guys. Well, this is why yes. we have Mason Wynn here. This is why we have Richie Palacios in the lineup. Wait because a second. Hold on a minute. No. You, you put Wynn and Palacios on the same oh, level. Oh, Jordan Walker, there. too. Sorry, I didn't put okay. Jordan Walker in there. <laughs> Uh, I apologize for that. Yeah, but this is this is why everybody uh, the car Carrie doesn't even seem happy about this. Yeah. I just don't. You know, I, I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, with the outfield, who knows? Eh, who knows uh, who's going to be second base, center do. field, left field? Who, 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 re- who do. really knows? Yeah, do you oh, really know? I hope the Cardinals know. <laughs> you and me both. Bro. Yes. <laughs> but Richie, Richie is. Uh, you know, he, first of all, the glasses are great. They uh, are. Right? Uh, yes. And he, the, the number, uh, a baseball player wearing number 67, an outfielder wearing number 67 is mm-hmm. cool. Uh, he's only 26 years old. Uh, so there's that. He's from Brooklyn. How about that? How, b- <laughs> how, ba- how about that? I, I think I would be a little bit concerned about that in 54 games with the Guardians in 2020, he didn't record a single home run in any of his 123 plate appearances. I think Turner Ward has unlocked his power. Potential. Oh, there you go. There, I forgot about that. Got to be gooder. Yes. Yep. Keep getting gooder. <laughs> Well, speaking of the position coaches, sick, or not position coaches, but uh, overall coaches, sick of seeing Dusty Blake go out there on the mound to talk to Adam Wainwright. What in the hell could he possibly tell him? It's a joke. I'm sick of it. Okay, come on now. Let's give credit where credit is due. All right. Has there ever, and text in, the text line is open for you, 314-399-9646, 314-399. I would argue, ladies and gentlemen, that Dusty Blake is the best to ever wear number 90 for the St. Louis Cardinals. How about that? So uh, let's give credit where credit is due. This guy is the best number 90 that the Cardinals have ever had. So let's 
he's good as far as being a number 90. So I'm not sick of him at all. Yeah, I think, I don't know. Who knows? Hopefully, he doesn't have to make any many more mound trips this season. Yep. At this point, what the hell are you going out there for? For anybody, realistically. You know what Greg Popovich used to do at times when his team was thinking Tim Duncan, Manu, uh, Parker. Mm-hmm. He, you, you guys stink. You figure it out. I'm not calling the timeout. Just play. Was, you all figure no. it out on the on the court, and, and I will sit here on the bench. I'm not going to call anything. You all aren't playing the way that you were coached. You figure it out. I won't help you. Dusty is going out there to tell Adam Wainwright, this guy has a 55% launch angle. Oh, His average exit velo is 101. I'm sick of it. Sick of it. Yeah. It's like a math sheet that he. Yeah. He got to bring out a paper. So <laughs> his last at bat, he swung at the curveball that was a 12 degree angle. You need to throw it at this angle. Yeah, I'm sure he'll. What? Yeah, that's what he's doing. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Baseball is becoming, it's unbearable. Here's the thing. Um, the, 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 so the Cardinals had a pitching coach one time that would go out to the mound and tell his pitchers. All he would say was, trust your stuff. But the, the other thing he would say, he'd go out with the bases loaded and say, look around and say, Hey, don't walk this guy. <laughs> don't walk. <laughs> hey, sounds that's, like good advice to me. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get Greg Jr.'s take on Shohei Otani having uh, facing another Tommy John surgery next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and we go to the celebrity line and the great Greg Amzinger of MLB Network. He's their lead anchor. He's a product of the Lindenwood University. He's a native of St. Louis and a Cardinal fan and a baseball fan in general. And he joins us now. On 101 ESPN. Good morning, Greg Amzinger. How are you hey, doing? Oh, Mike. I got to tell you, Randy, I, I can't take your introductions for granted. <laughs> when you go without it for a week, I, I, <laughs> I don't really calculate how it makes me feel so good. You, 
you really build me up. Um, I hope I'm not disappointing every single week, but I miss the introductions. If you, if you don't mind, I would like I'm going to record right now. Okay. Hold on a second. Got your phone? Hold on. Okay. I, 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 I'm recording. Can you introduce yes. me again? Yeah, here we go. Welcome back to the Opening Drive 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and right now we go to the celebrity line. The great Greg Amzinger of MLB Network, their lead anchor, joins us. Of course, Greg is a product of the Lindenwood University, a proud native of St. Louis, and one of our most favored sons, the spectacular broadcaster from MLB Network, Greg Amzinger, now on 101 ESPN. Greg, good morning. Oh, that was so good. Oh, my goodness. That's my new ringtone. If that is going to weird me out, if you call my phone, that is what you're going to hear. Okay. Are you coming into town for a Lindenwood game? Yes. I will be there for, I don't think, full 24 hours, but I will be there to watch the Lions kick the season off on August 31st. I am so fired up. Good. That'll be uh, one week from tonight over at Hunter Stadium. So we'll see you there. I'll be there for okay. sure. Okay. How much of a hit, and you are Major League Baseball. You are the face of Major League Baseball on MLB Network. So uh, I'm going to use the word. How devastating is the injury to Shohei Otani? Uh, I mean, I'm in my car driving home. We get off the air at 1 a.m. last night. And Cliff Floyd calls me. I was on TV with Cliff Floyd, Dan Plesak. And he's like, Greg, you're not going to believe this. And he tells me the news. And I, I immediately thought I need to turn around. But Keanu Martin does a great job of quick pitch, is going to the press conference, apparently as he alive, and they're going to have a couple of people on the phone talking about it, reporters who are covering it. And I, I, I felt the need to go back on the air for a, a two-hour special on how awful this is, that Shohei Otani isn't going to pitch for the rest of the year, but more importantly, that he has a tear in his elbow. He's already had Tommy John surgery before. You know, when he had his first batch of arm fatigue, I went on the air. I'm not trying to pat myself in the back, but I went on the air. And I said, he can't pitch anymore. Like he, He's got to be done. The Angels were beyond fading. They were, they were just not a competitive team. For some reason, when they decided to go all in, they brought in all these new faces. They, they, they couldn't hit anymore. It's one of the worst teams offensively in the month of August we've seen. So it's the, the deadline detonated this team and when they decided to go all in it just ruined them so they're they're not going to be in the playoffs why is this guy risking hundreds of millions of dollars i i I thought he needed to shut it down let them know i'm not going to pitch anymore i can't but no he went back out there he tried to get himself ready and he made another start and i i just think it's awful it's gonna change so much regarding his free agency uh, to say that he's still going to get what we thought he was going to get. We're talking like five to six to seven hundred million dollars. It's it's just impossible to think that anymore with a guy that, again, we don't know if he's going to have a second Tommy John, but getting two Tommy Johns just changes everything. So just devastating. I mean, really sad for him more specifically and then after that for baseball, because it was going to be, and it still will be the number one topic this offseason, but it, it, unfortunately it's not going to be the same type of story, which which sad, it's sad. Greg, I'm looking at the Cardinals in this situation, and could there be a domino effect of how this impacts other free agents and how this could impact the Cardinals going forward in the offseason? Well, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, all, all the talk of Tyler O'Neill trying to save his legs and not running at the same sprint speed. And, and for anyone to frown at that, I mean, they, these are these are men who don't really know if when their short careers come to an end, that they're going to be able to come anywhere close to being this financially successful again in their lives. More than likely, they won't. Mm-hmm. So, so for these men to recognize that what they do for a living is a very fickle thing, your health can come and go. For them to think about that, right? I mean, Carlos Correa leading to his free agent season, his first free agent season, um, got he dove into analytics, realized I'm not going to steal bases anymore. That's not good for me. It could injure me. And decided not to dive anymore uh, defensively. If he was, he would only make throws if he was standing upright because his defensive run save would go down. What a gold glove because of it. People frowned at him for it. I don't frown at him for it. I understand it. So the way free agency rolls, you have an opportunity to get a bite of the apple. No one is guaranteeing that you're going to get multiple bites of this apple. Now, I understand you're driving your car. You're going, oh, I'm not feeling sorry for Shohei Otani. He's going to sign a three to $400 million deal. I don't feel bad for the guy. Okay, I get it. But this is a human being that's done something we've never seen before in this sport. And if anybody was told that a decision they made would lead to losing maybe 100 to $200 million in your lifetime, anyone listening to this right now, you would second guess it and you would, you would make sure you did everything you could to hold on to as much money as you earned in your lifetime. And I just I think people need to recognize that these are men that have a small amount of time to make as much money as possible. And no one should ever second guess whether or not they're considering that when they're playing for the team. There's no iron team. Well, people forget about you when you're retired. So let's just remember that. Where do you think if you just can make a prediction of where you think he will land? Do you think he'll stay with the Angels or where do you think that he would go? I, unfortunately, it puts the angels back in play. <laughs> I hate saying that, but it's the truth. They have the opportunity now because I, I, I really think his price tag will go down a bit. It's got to go down. It's got to go down. Um, so that's good for the angels. That said, he is still going to be one of the most coveted players we'll, we'll ever see in all of professional sports. Um, I think, I think it, it enters other teams into the fray. Uh, I, I truly think so. Uh, does the financial ceiling change? Yes, it's got to change. It's that I, I, I've been saying 700 million, maybe more, maybe more for this guy. Why? Because look at what certain pitchers are making a year. We've got, we've got guys in their forties making over $40 million a year that are pitchers. Shohei Otani stuff is every bit as good as them. We've got position players making around $40 million a year. Shohei Otani offensively is every bit as good as them, okay? So mix it together. We'll give you a hometown discount, and it's not $80 million, but $70 million, and he can get a 10-year contract because he's a DH. And because his talents are so unique, he could be a reliever towards the end of his career if you didn't want to work him a ton in terms of innings. So 70 million, 10 years, 700 million is legit. It's legit. So I think if the price comes down a hair and a hair, I'm talking, you know, the 400 million, right? 450. The Cubs are in play. 
the Chicago Cubs, the New York Yankees are legitimately in play again. Um, the Mets, obviously, we knew they were going to be. The Giants. Seattle? The, the Seattle Mariners, Dan, yes, absolutely, Randy, are definitely in play. This has changed the market. It's going to be more competitive. But unfortunately, I believe there's a ceiling. You're not going to see the $700 million deal. Wow. Well, Greg, I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit because this is something that we're going to be talking about a little bit later on the show. So I wanted to get your take on this. The Cardinals offense seemingly has really struggled this season with driving in runs with the bases loaded. What do you think the reasoning is behind that this season where they're not able to capitalize in clutch moments like that? I think there's uh, when you go to school so much and, and you're being taught something and then all of a sudden the quiz that you get isn't what you were taught. If you freak out and you don't let your natural common sense kick in. I'm going to give you a great stat. Jose Abreu last night was uh, hitting for the Houston Astros. Really good baseball game. Uh, two outs, third inning. And he's at home. The broadcaster, Matt Vesgersian and Tom Berducci, are talking about how bad this year has been for Jose Abreu. He's hitting under 240, 10 home runs, only three home runs at Minute Maid Park this year. First year of a new contract with his new team. Just hasn't, he hasn't been good. He gets a base hit down the line. And right before he gets a base hit down the line with two outs in the third inning that drives in two, Matt Vesgersian says, you know, Jose Abreu, as bad as he's been this year, is hitting 390 with runners in scoring position and two outs. There are certain instinctual players that know how to put the data away and grind because every at-bat is not created equal. Anybody that's played sports recognizes that. If you're an analytical darling, every at-bat is created equal, right? Every game matters. It's all the same. But wait a minute. If you're an analytical darling, did you ever shoot a free throw with – two minutes into the first half of the game. If you've ever done that, that feels a whole hell of a lot different than when you're shooting a free throw down by one with five seconds to go. Okay. For some reason, the ball's heavier. For some reason, the rim looks higher, right? (laughs) For some reason, it's a different feeling to shoot that free throw. And when all you're doing is shoving numbers into players' minds, right? And you're, you're taking their humanity out of play in that mano a mano crucial moment. The instincts don't work. And when a pitcher's on the mound and they're flashing throw a slider, guess what the pitcher knows? My slider isn't working today. I don't have a feel for it. And this guy doesn't look like he can hit a heater, so I'm throwing 95 at his hands. The pitcher changes the game plan because the pitcher has the game in his hand. He's got the ball. Hitters are being overly trained. They're being overly trained. Jose Abreu, I don't care what his season stats are, you don't want that guy up with two outs in an inning and a runner in scoring position. Unfortunately, the Cardinals don't have anybody like that who can who foams at the mouth to drive in a run. That's the key to the game. And if anybody says that RBIs are a dying stat, you're a moron. You don't understand what the whole point of the game is. Score the most runs and you win. So uh, Jose Abreu can be terrible. His offensive numbers this year are bad. But guess what? Jose Abreu is going to be hitting in October, and not a single Cardinal is this year. So that's me. <laughs> Greg, in the last couple of weeks, the Cardinals have brought up Jacob Barnes, uh, Drew Rom. They've brought up Casey Lawrence, names that we weren't really familiar with. They have not brought up Michael McGreevy, Gordon Graceffo. Is there any particular reason why those guys are still waiting in the minors and we haven't seen their debut? Oh, absolutely. The Cardinals, uh, in this in this regard, the Cardinals do this as well as anybody. They make sure the culture within a minor league system, which is something that no one ever talks about, 
No one ever talks about the culture within the minor leagues of the franchise. If you put in time, you're going to get a chance. There are many organizations that never promise that. They never, ever communicate that to minor league players. You know, so many uh, top prospects are the only investments that you see in high A, single A, double A, and triple A. That's not how the Cardinals roll. And that, to me, is why they've had so many diamonds in the rough, guys that weren't high draft picks that come to the minor leagues and the chance it has been communicated to many, to all of these minor leaguers, no matter where you were drafted, no matter how big your signing bonus was, we look at you as an investment. And if you perform, you will get an opportunity. I love this about the Cardinal organization. So many people want to complain for a million different reasons why the Cardinals aren't the, the, it's not the Cardinal way anymore. This has been the Cardinal way going back generations. And that is why they are able to develop young players. I love it. I love it. Those guys that you mentioned are going to get their, their, their day in the sun because, yes, they are heavily invested in their talents. But to see other guys get an opportunity because they've grinded just the same, if not longer in most cases, I think it's a good thing for the organization. That being said, Greg, here you have, and I know you're paying attention to this, Dave Martinez gets a two-year extension from Washington. They're 13-7. and seven. The Cardinals staff, aside from Turner Ward, their hitting coach, almost devoid of major league experience. You look at David Martinez's staff in Washington. Tim Bogar, we all watched him play a lot. Darnell Coles is their hitting coach. Uh, Jim Hickey is their pitching coach. Pitched, and he's been a coach for a long time. Eric Young Jr., we've all watched him. Gary DeSarcina. Ricky Bonus is their bullpen coach. Bill Miller, former Cardinal coach, St. Louis, and is their quality control coordinator. The Cardinals don't even have a catching coach in the organization, and Henry Blanco is their catching and strategy coach in Washington. How much value is there as a no-name team ascends in having a coaching staff that's been there and done that? Insanely valuable. Look at the Atlanta Braves staff, just overflowing with big leaguers. It's insanely valuable. Here's the issue, Randy. Uh, Washington Nationals, uh, they, they do they do business differently. Uh, the Atlanta Braves do as well. Uh, how much money are you going to pay these guys, these, these coaches? A lot of them don't make the money that people think they make, and their hours are ridiculously long, ridiculously long. I, I'm lucky to call Sean Casey one of my best friends, the mayor, who's now the hitting coach for the New York Yankees, and things have been tough there. His day starts at, at noon. He's at the ballpark at noon, and he and he's going to bed at one thirty in the morning. And and did he take a day. pay cut? Did he take a pay cut to go there? Of course, he took a pay cut. He was on, he was on television. He had to take a pay cut to go there. I mean, Aaron Boone is one of his great friends, and it's just something he's always thought about doing. And he loved the idea of putting a uniform back on. Guys have competitive juices. It's hard to talk a former big leaguer who made any kind of money to doing this. To having this lifestyle, right? It is long. It is it is tiresome. It's a grind, and you're not making a ton of money. You're just not. So it's a culture that you have to create where there's incentives based on coaches, where they do financial things that are a bit outside the box to give these guys some perks. And it, unfortunately, I mean, no one talks about this, but you can go back mm, 15, 20 years. And the average managerial salary was much higher than it is today. Yeah. That to me is symbolic of where we believe coaching, managing in Major League Baseball is. How important is it? Just look at the look at the bank account, man. They don't think it's that important. 
So it's hard to get guys that you just described that the Washington Nationals have. It's hard to find guys when you're not financially investing in the role. So kudos to the Nationals, but I do agree with you. Experience matters. I'm sorry, young people, these young players today, they know where the game is heading, so they're being very open-minded about it, and they want people that can give them the data that gets them best suited for their at-bat or for their start, right? But at the end of the day, if a guy can look you in the eye and say, hey, man, I've been there. Bases loaded, two outs. I know what it feels like. This is what worked for me in that moment between the years. That stuff should matter. And I think eventually it's all coming back. It is. When Bruce Bochy has this much success, when Dusty Baker has this much success, when the Atlanta Braves are the best organization in baseball because of their do- what they're doing, similar to what the Washington Nationals are doing. Dave Martinez got a contract extension when they have a losing season. Why? Because he learned a lot from a guy like Joe Madden, who's a great quote-unquote old-school manager. I think it's all come back the way we want it, and, and that's having real baseball people in positions to get these young players to understand it's a game that is played every night with humans, not on a spreadsheet. You could do worse than having Dave Martinez as mentor, as the manager of your squad. Greg, are you going to be in the air one week from this morning, or are you going to already be here? I'm flying. I'm on a 6 a.m. flight um, on the 31st. Okay. And then having so much fun going to the game. And then I'm on a 6 a.m. flight the next day to be on TV. So, September 1st performance on MLB Tonight. Tune in because Greg Amstinger might be a little loopy. <laughs> we'll uh, giving you a warning. Giving you a warning. Can you do next Wednesday then since you're going to be in the air on Thursday? Wow, you put me on the spot for sure all of your you, listeners. You betcha. Man, yeah. We'll see. It's like a contract negotiation. And like, all I, <laughs> my boss sits down on the set and he's like, hey, Greg, let's talk contract okay. here live on the air. Greg, here's yeah, the thing. I'm, I'm okay. At the game next Thursday night, you hand me your phone and I will do your voicemail message. <laughs> you think honestly that I wasn't recording. You thought, you thought <laughs> well, I made it. Phone quality. This will be studio quality. <laughs> oh, well, with such a perk, Randy, I will then absolutely be on the air with you on Wednesday. Okay, we'll I'm figure it out. If you, I can understand if you have a tea time. Uh, so, no, this negotiation went, went back and forth. It got a little intense, but I, I'm going to, I am going to go your way. I am I'm in. Wednesday, I'm in. You're the king. Have a great day, man. We'll be tuned in. All right, see you guys. See you, brother. That is uh, the great Greg Amzinger, MLB Network. You can see him on MLB tonight. Uh, Coming up, I think we've got a very quick take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Tioli on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, Matthew, and uh, guys, you've heard the story about Brett Favre being involved with the situation in Mississippi where he's he was stealing money, taking yeah. welfare money to get it applied to a volleyball stadium in in Mississippi. And now he's under some additional fire in that welfare case as he's accused of withholding certain pertinent text messages. According to front office sports, he's believed to have failed to disclose messages that could have been crucial to the matter. 
Take it or leave it for Brett Favre. It's pretty bad when that's not the most embarrassing text situation oh, you've ever had. Take it. Oh. Take it. <laughs> oh, wasn't it a DM? Was it? Uh, or was it via text message? It was via. I couldn't remember if it was DM or not. With Crocs, by the way. Oh, man. He didn't pay attention to uh, old Tom Brady, did he? He did not. Tom no, smashed, smashed that phone with a hammer. Yeah, what phone? Yeah. yeah I, don't have I do a phone. that with all my phones. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the ones that have deflate gate information. Makes sense. (laughs) So the Cardinals are going to be looking for a pitcher this offseason. A few pitchers. Three. Eh, Mm -hmm. That's what they said. Take it or leave it, they're going to have to go trade for that pitcher because the market has shifted so much with this Shohei injury that they are going to be outbid in the actual free agent market. Great call, 100% take. Sadly, I'm going to have to take it. I feel like there's going to be they're going to be part of conversations. We know how we like to hear that, right, guys? Oh, yeah. so we like to hear the well. We were a part of the conversations yeah. when it comes to pursuing oh, some of these free agents, but it, I feel like it could just have to come from trade. I would be really surprised now if Urias would hit the market, right? Yeah. And Nola will certainly. He was going to be the highest draw anyway, and he'll get his big money, big, big, big money, somewhere, and then. Blake Snell will be out there, and Blake Snell might be, the, based on this year, the most attractive guy out there. And so the Cardinals, I would not think, will be in the hunt for him at what he'll command. So yes, CD, I'll take that the Cardinals will have to do that with a trade. I'll take it as well. Well, guys, this is an interesting story coming out yesterday. Mason Smith, a defensive tackle out of LSU, was suspended for one game by the NCAA for receiving an improper benefit. Apparently had something to do with signing some autographs right before an NIL kicked in. Some rule with that. Take it or leave it. You didn't know that there was such thing, uh, such a thing as an improper benefit right now with oh. the NCAA and the NIL and all Agreed. that stuff. Uh, there <laughs> are no such things as improper benefits. 100%. When the heck did it happen? Like, what was... How did he find the one rule that <laughs> That's he right. yeah. couldn't, couldn't I have no get in idea. line with? Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. just a very interesting story because this is what I was asking you guys during the break. Okay, say that they want to suspend him. Does the NCAA even have enough power to enforce anything you at this point? I think so. Not against the SEC. Uh, it doesn't yeah. feel like it. Yeah. Take it or leave they it. They just say things? Yeah. So Somebody just... in the family should have warned him anyway. Mm-hmm. In my family. They should have. Mm-hmm. They definitely should have. <laughs> uh, do, Matthew, do we have uh, one text or two? Yes. Take it or leave it. The same people who want pumpkin spice this early are the same people who put up Christmas decorations in November. Oh, totally oh. take it. Leave it. I, I personally don't put up my Christmas decorations till about a week before Christmas. Uh, yeah. Many people who desire joy and happiness, though, put up their Christmas decorations in Thanksgiving time. You but should not everybody, not everybody does desire joy and happiness on a regular <laughs> basis. So. <laughs> Oh man, that is. What? First, you're un-American and you hate. <laughs> now you, now you hate joy and happiness. <laughs> I know that for some people, it's a tradition. Right after Thanksgiving, you have the family together and you, you know, force the them to free labor basically to help basically, you put up your Christmas yeah, decorations. Yeah. Okay, after Thanksgiving, maybe, it. maybe it's free labor rather than joy and happiness. After Thanksgiving is fine, but I, I, the people who like hit that in like second week in November. Who are just like, we're just going to skip the whole Thanksgiving thing and just go right into Christmas. Oh, that bothers me. No. Now, we'll Thanksgiving. judge you. If you don't like Thanksgiving, you're not, you're not American. If you keep your Christmas lights up in March. Yeah. Oh. And tree. Yeah. Got, you, you are judged. Just know. By yes. the way, uh, pumpkin spice enthusiast Patrick Carricker did not know that today is the opening of pumpkin spice oh, season. So, it Brooke, is. thanks for the info. There you go. And I'm sure that he'll head over you there. You see... 
good people enjoy pumpkin spice. Did he know you mm-hmm. went to 11 quick trips to get him that? He found that, out. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. That's a sweet story. That is awesome. It was a, a lot of... Were uh, you... Were you now, now, let's tell the truth. Were you frustrated after, like, the seventh one? Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> driving yeah, around cursing everything. It was, but it was a nice morning, and so it was, you know, I'm just driving around. <laughs> Nobody outside, morning. so that's the yeah, benefit of it. Right. But I know after about, about three what's, or four, yeah, you're like, all right, what this the hell's going on here? <laughs> not this many people love pumpkin pie. <laughs> not this uh, many people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thanks very much for the text. We do appreciate them. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, why are the Cardinals so bad with runners in scoring position? It's almost incomprehensible. And we're going to give you some striking numbers and then uh, tell you what we think is going on next on 101 ESPN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Hitters are being overly trained. They're being overly trained. Jose Abreu, I don't care what his season stats are, you don't want that guy up with two outs in an inning and a runner in scoring position. Unfortunately, Cardinals don't have anybody like that who can who foams at the mouth to drive in a run. That's the key to the game. And if anybody says RBIs are a dying stat, you're a moron. You don't understand what the whole point of the game is. Score the most runs and you win. So uh, Jose Abreu can be terrible. His offensive numbers this year are bad. But guess what? Jose Abreu is going to be hitting in October. And not a single Cardinal is this year. So that's key. That's Greg Amzinger, our buddy from MLB Network. This year, the St. Louis Cardinals are hitting 179 with the bases loaded. They have 31 strikeouts and 106 at-bats with the bases loaded. With the bases loaded, the Cardinals strike out about a third of the time. Back in my day... Especially if you got two strikes, you'd choke up a little bit. Make sure you got your bat on the ball. If you have the bases loaded with less than two out especially, you should always get the run home. I mean 100% of the time. But players now are so individualized, and they go through these workshops, and they go through these lessons, and they don't get taught team baseball. They get taught individual baseball. So it's home run, doesn't matter if your out is made via strikeout or not. In every instance, there is no nuance, there is no situational hitting 
And that's why you have teams like the Cardinals batting 179 with the bases loaded, because they aren't taught that it's a good thing to get a run home and make a productive out at times. If you don't hit a home run, it's not the end of the world if you can get a run home. It is amazing to me that the Cardinals can be hitting 179 with the bases loaded. They're batting 265, by the way, with runners at second and third. Uh, and with runners in scoring position, it's not as horrible. It's 251. But with runners in scoring position, again, find a way to get your bat on the ball. The Cardinals, with 1,040 at-bats with runners in scoring position this year, have struck out 275 times. They have struck out a quarter of the time with runners in scoring position. That's way, way, way too much. It is. And that's what is so perplexing to me about what exactly is going on. But I think that Greg has a good point and with what you're saying too, is that we are seeing more of that individualized approach to things. Because when you're so heavily reliant on statistics and analytics, what is that about? I mean, yes, you look at some team statistics, but when you're evaluating yourself and that's what you're relying on, then it's going to be really emphasizing what you are doing instead of that team first mentality. Right. I mean, that's that's what it feels is missing. And I thought it was interesting. A name when he's talking about nobody is foaming at the mouth. I was surprised he didn't mention Nolan Arenado and mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt because those are the first two people I think of. I think Nolan definitely is a lot more where you can see where he gets really amped up in those situations. That I know that he cleared the bases with a two-run double last night. But I think that you are missing some of those guys. And we've talked about this season where you see a lot of the same guys on this team. Yeah, it's... I mean, when you're looking at the Cardinals, Nolan Arenado is, uh, has 87 runs better than... Nolan Gorman is second with six, 67. And so those opportunities, uh, when you are in those situations, you do want to drive runs. And that <laughs> it's how you win games. You can't win unless you get runners across. So, you know, being in those positions with the opportunity. But I think it also is something inside of you where you kind of relish that moment, like that mm-hmm. opportunity. Yeah. yeah, I got somebody on base. I'm going to get them in no matter how it happens. And I do think the focus has been so much on how hard are you hitting the ball? What is the angle you're hitting the ball at? What is your slugging percentage? Mm-hmm. Slugging percentage isn't going to help you if you get a get, hit the ball to the right side and the runner scores. That's what we're talking about, winning games. And baseball has – it's always, in my opinion, been an individual sport. Uh, individual sport played as a team sport, but now it's much more that because you got guys really focusing solely on their numbers as opposed to the team. And from a team standpoint – You send Jordan Walker down to enhance his launch angle. Okay, you're working on individual things. You're you're sending Jordan Walker down, and there's nothing wrong with trying to increase your walk rate, but you're sending Jordan Walker down for that. I wonder, because the Cardinals talk about process all the time, how much they concern themselves with winning baseball games. And that's one of the things Mike Matheny told us a couple weeks ago when we saw him, not that it's worked out well for the Royals, but they would try to find ways to incentivize winning baseball at the minor league level in Kansas City. And it's tough because it's all about the process. Matt Holliday said his son Jackson gets mad when they lose. Jackson Holliday grew up around winning baseball and cares not only about the process. He had a swing when he was two years old. 
but he cares about finding a way to win the game. And that's why I brought up Washington, because Washington has all these veteran coaches, not only at the major league level, but at the minor league level, that are teaching players how to win. And that is going to benefit the Nationals in the long run. It is. Well, and how many times this season have we seen where they have been so reliant on the home run to the point where it's like, can we see anything else in this game? Some small ball would be fantastic every once in a while. And I think that goes back to what you guys are saying, too, Seedy and Randy, just about where it's just getting back to just some of those fundamentals of it and not being so reliant on that launch angle. Because when you hear launch angle, you're worrying about being being able to get that home run. You're worried about that situation. And I just think about, too, like players who are able to capitalize in big moments. I know that Matt Carpenter was able to do that at times. And even David Freeze. I mean, you think about David Freeze and the situational the situations that he was in, big moments, and he was able to capitalize on that. I, I just don't know how baseball shifted this much in terms of how to win games, how to get runners across, where it's so much about me as opposed mm-hmm. to winning the game. At the end of the day, if we're world champions, I I can go 0 for 4, but we won the World Series. Like that's the that should be the ultimate goal, and winning every single day should be the ultimate goal. But you may have guys that are winning games but are frustrated because they went one for four and and didn't hit the ball yeah. at the correct angle and didn't and it was only a single and I didn't do anything to help my numbers that to me is is it's selfish but really that's where where baseball and professional sports in general is and I don't want to blame analytics completely because kids are going to clinics they're going to these hitting workshops these warehouses at the ages of five six seven years old they're taught from a very young age that it's all about you and about how you hit the ball over the wall and about how you doesn't matter if you strike out it's about your exit velocity and it's all individual training there there is no game training Mm -hmm. so these kids from a very young age are taught they aren't taught about winning i'm not saying that they are they don't care about winning but they aren't taught to play the game in a winning manner like Whitey Ball. Whitey said you couldn't play for his team if you couldn't bunt. Jack Clark knew how to bunt. Never did, but Jack Clark knew how to bunt. Same thing with Tony. Tony, you had, and Tony didn't run or sacrifice as much as Whitey did, but they knew how to play winning baseball. And now, and this isn't a Cardinal thing, this is a baseball thing, there aren't a lot of teams around that do those little things that Greg was talking about. The Astros do under Dusty Baker. The Rangers do under Bruce Bochy. There aren't a lot of teams that do that out there. Who's the best hitter you ever saw? Like, just hitter. Albert Pujols. Okay. Oh. Yeah. He hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, but, but he, he wasn't, wasn't trying, trying to hit a lot of home wasn't runs. Wasn't trying to. Like, guys, you can you can play and be elite at this game and not hit yeah. a lot of home runs. The second best hitter I ever saw on a regular basis with the Cardinals was Pedro Guerrero, mm. who did not hit a ton, a ton of home runs. Hit a ton of doubles. He was trying to hit the ball up the middle all the time. And yeah. he was a stud. And he didn't strike out. That's the part. Like, the, the, the not striking out part. Because when you're trying to swing and hit the ball over the fence, you're going to miss more times than, than not. Right? Yeah. It's a difficult game. I just... Again, they people smarter than me making a lot more money than I am. So clearly they know more, but it, it it's not fun to watch. Yeah. No, it's not. And it, it's interesting, too, because we even got a text in. Yachty was an awesome situational hitter. Yep. It's those people in those big moments where you can remember the where they were able to capitalize on that moment. And it seems so weird that we're seeing this, but maybe it's just because that's what's rewarded right now, right? Is if you were able to show that power, if you're able to, you know, capitalize 
I, I don't know, just being so reliant on the home run seems to be detrimental. And we've seen it so much this season where there's times where you just want to yell at the TV and say, just just some small ball, just a little yeah, bit from yeah. the Cardinals this we season. We need to get Mark McGuire on the show because this drives Mark crazy. So we'll, we'll oh, do that yeah. before the end of the season. Tony Gwynn for me. Yeah, there you go. I loved watching him hit the ball. He didn't strike out. No, Here's another guy. Ichiro could have hit a ton of home runs if he wanted to. Batting practice, he put on a show. Yeah. But when it came to making baseball plays, granted he didn't make the playoffs a lot. That was more the surrounding cast. But he made baseball plays. That's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, uh, Kerry, what's up with Nolan Gorman's injury? He's got a bad back. How long has he had that? About a week back. No. (laughs) Why are the Cardinals dealing with all of this? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Since it is like August 24th, just a fun story from back in the day when the St. Louis Rams were here. They had a cornerback by the name of Dwight Anderson. Rookie, young cornerback. You remember Dwight Anderson? I know Dwight. Do you? I do. Do you know why he got cut? Uh Uh-uh. So Dwight Anderson was a devotee of the Madden game. And he went out the first night Madden was available at midnight, bought it, went home, played it, and played it. And play the next day. Bless you, Brooke. Sorry. Because <laughs> I tried to dump out of it. He got the Madden game and played it and played it and played it and overswell, overslept. Oh That's my not great. gosh. Mm-hmm. NFL player, NFL player playing Madden. You learn a lot, man. <laughs> Training camp is a, is an intriguing time mm-hmm. for uh, individuals because mm-hmm. you kind of learn what people's priorities are. Mm-hmm. If your priority isn't on sleeping, being in your playbook, resting, working out, and repeating that process day to day, you probably ain't going to make so it. So Madden should not be a priority for an NFL player not, trying to keep trying to make a team. Not if you're trying to make the team. Now, if you are a veteran that is well solidified in their mm-hmm. career, and you want to sleep, and you know the next day you're not going to, you want to play the game, you know the next day you're not going to have to really practice. So if you have a yeah. 99 rating on said Madden game, you're cool. <laughs> you're probably good. Yeah. Might be a, a safer bet. 68 rating, you probably should be uh, dialed yeah. in. Yeah. Did you guys I'm, see that video of Patrick Mahomes when he was talking about when he was a rookie, or I don't know if he was a rookie or something like that, but him and uh, Travis Kelsey went out one night, and they both were late to practice, and Mahomes thought like, oh, I'm like the only one late. And they were like, were you with Kelsey? Like, what what happened to him? Like, where is he at? And so they both slept in and were late. Mm. But then again, you're Patrick yeah. Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. You yeah. could probably yeah. get Not away with it at that though. point. No. Not, yeah. a rookie. Not as a rookie. <laughs> Not a rookie. Uh, guys, the Cardinals have 10 players on the IL right now. Ryan Helsley, Matthew Libertor. Uh, Helsley arm, Libertor back. Uh, you've got Packy Norton on there. He had uh, arm surgery. Wilking Rodriguez, who they really were leaning on this year, and that was a devastating <laughs> That's blow. That's the name. Uh, yes. Woody, Jake Woodford is on the IL, along with Dawny. Brendan Donovan had arm surgery. Nolan Gorman on with a bad back that he's had for, oh, about... A week back. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dylan Carlson with uh, myriad injuries, apparently. Oh. Lars Nutbar... Uh, so, yeah. there, so there you've got 10. You've got 10 guys. Did you mention Jake Woodford? I, I did mention okay. Woody. Yeah. Is there a way, and by the way, the Braves have 12 players on IL, so this is not saying that the Cardinals are unusual, but is there a way, or do, as you guys look at injuries, do you think there's a way for the Cardinals to go through a season and avoid all of this? Well, An I, entire season? Oh, no, no. Not, not 
have everybody completely healthy, but... Ten seems like an exorbitant amount. And, and it's ten, I mean, it's position players, it's starting pitchers, it's guys that you are counting on in roles. I think we were looking at the Braves yesterday. It wasn't really guys that they counted on right. in, in that in that way. So the Cardinals, when you lose Brendan Donovan, who has played pretty much every position, it seems, on this team, Dylan Carlson, who was supposed to be uh, cold, dead hands, be on this roster. You got Steven Matz, who was supposed to be your fifth starter, went to the bullpen, came back, was performing really well. Lars Newbar, we don't need to speak about what happened to him. That was a freak accident. Yeah, he figure out how to, how to get yourself Ugh. together the next time. Yeah. Yes. Um, but then you got Nolan Gorman, who has a back issue. It's a lot of, for me, when you start having injuries that build up, you start to look at the training staff and figure out and asking, hey, what are we doing wrong? You start to look at the strength and conditioning. Hey, what are we doing wrong? What is going on in these two areas where we're either not training properly or not getting treated properly after the injury to get guys back on the field? Because the thing you don't want is to miss extended periods of time, which that's what the Cardinals are going through right now. And it does seem like a lot of back injuries. It does. It does seem like a lot of back injuries. And believe me, it's been very painful (laughs) ever since that joke has started to to continue with these back injuries and reporting them. I think what's interesting with Matthew Libertor is the fact that the injury happened in front of the training staff when he was doing, he was warming up with some deadlifts, I believe is what the report is by John Denton. So that's concerning to me because one, he's part of that competition when you're evaluating players you really needed to see what he was able to do on a consistent basis when you're evaluating the starting rotation moving forward for next season and that to me was like very clear so I would not want to do anything that would compromise that I know that accidents happen as we saw with Lars Newtbar that is a giant accident accident. and he's one on the list where I say okay that's fine with Brendan Donovan I was a little bit worried about if that was going to take too long for them to come to decision Ryan Helsley is still one that I'm keeping a close eye on because because the latest news coming out yesterday from John Denton is that his MRI came back clean. So they're going to try to restart with another bullpen and then restart his rehab assignment. Because remember, he wasn't able to go through with that. What is your concern level with that? And when you hear that the MRI has come back clean, what is your first thought with that about why this has been kind of lingering for so long? I, I, I Well, CD, you start. Well, I think you have more you, credibility here than I do. It's you feel pain like your body, but you also as a player know how much pain you can withstand. So if there is no physical tear, so if you're telling me there's nothing, no MRI is showing no damage, I don't have any. So now maybe it's mental, maybe it's fatigue, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm just tired and I have to figure out a workout regimen that allows me to get back healthy quickly enough. And and so it, it, it becomes a physical and a mental thing for that person as opposed to an actual thing that is causing them to to be injured. And I think that's where Ryan Helsley is. I think we, I was listening to, I forget who it was, a guy, it may have been Dan, Danny Mack when he was on last week, talking about how Ryan Helsley is not a guy that's going to pitch every day or every other day. He's going to take, he's going to pitch a day and he's going to have to miss a couple of days. That's not a physical thing. That's a mental thing. Hmm. That's a training your body to be ready to go every single day if need be. And if you're not, then you have those nagging, ow, ooey, ouchie, that hurts. I don't want to, no, you got to learn when you can push through and when you have to shut it down. And that's on the player to figure out when there is no structural damage taking place. The difference between hurting and being injured. Yes. Now, we all hurt, yeah. Randy. Trust and, me. And, and, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And these guys, uh, and you hate to use these terms, but I, I think it's only fair when a guy 
is not capable, for whatever reason, of going out there when he is dealing with some pain. It's just a toughness issue. It's a mental and physical toughness issue when you have to deal. And I don't know if you can, when you're 25, 26 years old, I don't know if that's something that you get built in. I don't know if you build up mental and physical toughness once you are at the major league level. That's built in as a young person understanding that, yeah, this hurts like hell, but okay. I can still, It's if it's not going to... Uh, hurt me in the future, meaning it's not going to be prolonged. It's not something that I'm going to have to deal with later on in, in, in my in my season or in my career. I can push through this and I can work through this. And it's a decision that you have to make mentally to just be mentally tough enough to deal with the pain. I, I've dealt with real pain. I've had torn uh, ligaments that I just power through it. Now, I, I felt like I had to. So it's just about the player and how much pain tolerance. Some people don't have a high pain tolerance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they are unable to work through something that may be tweaked. And some guys are, are are a little bit, you know, not as tough as other guys in terms of dealing with pain. Look at Wayno with with the shoulder and saying, oh, I, didn't, I didn't have any idea that these cortisone shots would have such a healing effect on me. He tried to battle through. Wayno tries to pitch through everything and obviously not having a great deal of success, but he's also had a lot of success at not being a hundred percent. And those are the people that become legendary. The people that become legendary are the people that are able to battle through pain and sometimes injury. Chris Carpenter had a, had to have a rib removed so that he can continue pitching. How much can you sustain? Yeah, exactly. And Ryan Helsley, I wonder too, if it has something to do with last season, how that all played out with his finger. And, you know, he thought he was going to be fine, obviously, Mm -hmm. as we saw that he wasn't. I wonder if that's playing into it. My concern is that you heard John Mozeliak say with Frank Cusimano on Sports Plus last week in that interview that they're looking to Ryan Helsley for next season to be able to bounce back. And he's still a giant question mark right now in his health. Yeah, it, it, there's, uh, let me just give you another back in my day situation, okay? And this is classic. Catfish Hunter's in the Hall of Fame. Catfish Hunter had scar tissue in his shoulder. He had the Yankee medical staff put him under, bend his arm so that it tore all the scar tissue, and then he came back and pitched. In pain, obviously, but he was willing to go under and have that thing just ripped. Apparently you could hear it. It was really bad. But it's just, it's a different animal today. The the athlete today is a different animal than the one that played 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s when Kerry yeah, was a professional. They a lot more money. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and and, so and their agents yeah. are more involved. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, can the Cardinals solve this problem? With back issues, I just don't think they can in this day and age. I think science has changed so much that I think we're going to have guys on the IL all the time. You would think it would be better, though. Yeah, you would. But now they know more about the injuries. And it used to be that you never had a sore arm because those guys just fall by the wayside and they'd be out of baseball and Mm -hmm. they'd bring up a new guy. Well, now those guys stick around forever and wind up making a bunch of money. Uh, Coming up next, we've got the fight. Do you need a fighter, Matthew? We've got a fighter. Good. So we'll have a fighter and a fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the
Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Nate. Nate, how you doing? Nate, you there? Yep. Hey, <laughs> there you are, Nate. How's it going? Yeah, we're going pretty good. All right, are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, here we go. Only two NFL teams have never had a player win MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, or Defensive Player of the Year. The Jaguars and which longtime NFC squad? Is it the Eagles, the Cardinals, or the Buccaneers? Let's go with the Buccaneers. Before retiring as a 49er on this day in 2006, for which team did Jerry Rice play in the 2005 in play-in the 2005 preseason? Is it the Denver Broncos, Seattle Seahawks, or the Green Bay Packers? Broncos. Said it one more time? The Broncos. All right. Which recent Hall of Famer was the first NBA player to ever hit three threes per game in a season? Doing so in 2000-2001. Is it Ray Allen, Paige Stoyakovich, or Jason Richardson? I've got no idea, but I'll go with the first one. Which pitcher has the most games of 10-plus strikeouts in 2023? Is it Blake Snell, Shohei Otani, or Spencer Strider? Got to be Spencer Strider. All right, we will double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Nate, how you feeling? One more time, I'm sorry. <laughs> not too great. Oh. Well, you, you, basketball is not your thing, I'm assuming. Not at all. <laughs> That's okay. You you may uh you, you may have done okay. We'll see. Randy Carricker is walking in with his Diet Dr. Pepper and his Puma shirt. He's looking very spiffy. Oh, thank you. You got yeah. golf today? Uh, no, I was no. thinking about it, but no, it's fine. Is it too hot outside? I, I've, I've become it smart. Is. is it too hot? Yeah, too hot. Too okay. hot, baby. This is a little warm. shelter. All right. Run for shade. Yeah. Randy, say hello to Nate. Nate, good morning. How you doing? Pretty decent. Good. Right. Good to have you with us. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for playing. Mr. Carricker, are you ready to go? Ready. All right, here we go. Only two NFL teams have never had a player win MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, or Defensive Player of the Year. The Jaguars and which longtime NFC squad? Okay, never had an Offensive never Player had. of the Year. MVP, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, or Defensive Player of the Year. Wow. Okay. Um, well, uh, right off the bat, I go with our old longtime NFC squad, the uh, the Cardinals. Um, I don't believe they've ever had a most valuable player because they've never been good enough. I getting gooder. Don't believe... That they've had a defensive player of the year. Maybe Patrick Peterson or something like that. Um, so let's just think NFC. Uh, Niners have. Uh, Seahawks have. Um, Rams obviously have. East, Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders. Uh, yes. Um, and, and Giants have. Because LT, um, and then South Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Bucks. Um, yeah, they've had a defense player of the year, Warren Sapp. Uh, and then North Packers have, Vikings have, and Adrian Peterson. Bears have an Urlacher and uh, people like Dick Buckus and stuff like that. 
and Lions. Uh, Lions, Barry Sanders. So I'm going to go with the uh, Cardinals. All right. Before retiring as a 49er on this day in 2006, for which team did Jerry Rice play in the 2005 preseason? Uh, that would have been the Denver Broncos, Brooke. The Denver Broncos. Which recent Hall of Famer was the first NBA player to ever hit three threes per game in a season? Ooh. Doing so in 2000, 2001. Recent Hall of Famer, 2000, 2001. Okay. I will. Uh... 2001. I will do the lifeline here, sir. Ray Allen, Peja Stoyakovich, Jason Richardson. I am going to go with the three-point guy, Ray Allen. Okay. It might be wrong, but I just think that that's the one that most of us would take if given the opportunity. Which pitcher has the most games of 10-plus strikeouts in 2023? I would think, I mean, Strider has so many more strikeouts than everybody else. I would think that it would be Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. That's who I would go with final answer. This was one hell of a fight. Considering we've come from some early fights with some low scores early in the week, a high-scoring fight today, a win by just one question. Was the fighter able to come in here and beat up on Randy on a Thursday, or does Randy get another win here? and make me a little bit less nervous. Ring (laughs) that (laughs) bell! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Nate, I'm so sorry you heard Mr. Buck there, and that means Randy got all four right. He beat you four to three. That's all right. I get to hear the sounders this time. I've been listening on YouTube, so I can hear it. <laughs> there you Thank go. You there you much. go. Let's go through those questions. Only two NFL teams have never had a player win MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, or Defensive Player of the Year. It's the Jaguars and, in fact, the Cardinals. Um, the Buccaneers was the answer for Nate. It's actually Derek Brooks oh, who has the Defensive Player of the Year, By the um, which, is, which is amazing to me. By the way, there is a, if you want to get technical, there is a third team in there, but I know you hate this technicality. Okay. Joe Namath has an AFL MVP award. If you do not count that, the Jets are the third team that does not have, since the NFL merger, an MVP, an Offensive Player of the Year, or a Defensive Player of the Year. But Joe Namath does has his AFL MVP, so I left that one off there. Uh, before retiring as a 49er on this day in 2006, it was, in fact, the Denver Broncos that he played in a few preseason games, caught two passes for 15 yards in his last one before deciding to hang it up. Which recent Hall of Famer was the first NBA player to ever hit three threes per game in a season? And that's with the 29-foot, 9-inch distance. Doing so in 2000-2001, it was, in fact, Ray Allen, there were two NBA players who in the final year of the shortened line in the mid-90s did hit that three points per game, but then again, they, they extended it and it took another 10 years. I thought maybe your answer would be Ray Allen because he was the only Hall of Famer on the list. Listen to That's the, another great one. Listen yeah. to the, yeah. See, Kerry Car- pointing out a great lesson to everybody on the fight. Listen to the question. Sometimes there's a little hint in there. And mm-hmm. which pitcher has the most games of 10-plus strikeouts in 2023? It is, in fact, Spencer Schreider, number two on the list, Kevin Gossman, fi- f- followed by Shohei Otani and Blake Snell. So a 4-3 win for Randy Carricker today on the fight. Nate, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Yep, thank you. Good job, Nate. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. Good to have you with us. All I do is win, 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 oh, no matter what. Now I can hear that's, it. That's not exactly what I wanted to do there. I wasn't, uh, I, I just wanted to uh, pay a little homage to the weather here. Oh, it's too hot. Feel it hot, hot, hot. 
damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. It really was. It's yes. not a great choice. Not right yeah. now. So 100 and, well, I think the high today is only 99, right? But the feels like is going to be Miserable. higher than that. Greater than it's that. probably like 108. Greater than. index. Uh, let's check uh, 101 ESPN first alert weather. Okay, well, there is an excessive heat warning until tomorrow. Uh, and I guess it is going to feel like 105 today. So it's going to. It's going to be warm. Yeah, it's going to feel like 105. Brandon, so. can we get back to saying Flash before we break news? Oh, yeah, the Flash, apparently <laughs> official. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. But then we have to do our our first alert, too, because that's oh, important. Oh, first alert, yes. Yeah, that's get... the best way to break news. Flash now from Dallas, yeah. Texas. First alert, watching out for you. What is uh, Fox 2's? Uh, I should know is this. still Fox 2 now? No, oh, know. is it Fox 2 now? Well, then that's our website. Okay, uh, and then what is KSDK? Uh, what, news Channel 5. They don't have like a little... Punchline uh, slogan. Might, yeah, <laughs> so, we, we got to figure this out. We got to we got to pay more I don't attention. Know these I know. I should. These, these, I should know these things. These, being a local TV. Five, five, five's on your side, right? Is five, five also on your side? I thought five was on your side. Five on your side. Everybody's on your side. Yeah, and then yeah, five on your side, and then Channel Four was watching out for you. Well, no, they yeah. just switched it to First Alert. They're first now alert, First Alert. It was alert. watching out for us. It was. So, so yes, that, that, that standing TV by you, watching like out for you. Yes. Here's here's a question. It is five on your side, by the way. Is Channel Four then still watching out for me? I would, I would assume so, because then you could say that they're the first to watch out for you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do they just not care? Do they just want to alert me, and they don't want to watch out for me? <laughs> you you got to be careful. <laughs> alert! Come on, Channel Four, let's pick it up. Man, I love to be news. A, you can count. Here's, here's the gig. The gig is to be a failed program director and become a consultant. <laughs> is that the is that that's the move? The, that's the move. And come you up pay? with these catchy things yeah. to say. Yeah, must be nice. Oh, my favorite ever was, uh, and uh, Brooke still has tons of friends at Channel Four. But uh, and I even texted Mo about this. They had these, and we've actually watched the promo on YouTube. They had these oh. Channel Four promos <laughs> where you've got Mo and Claire Kellett looking mean, and there you, you can find two, two nicer, more fun, <laughs> amiable people. And it's it was uh, well, it was a it's, nice, it's like it's like making, nice. it's like having a, a, us do a promo and having us be jerks and unhappy. That would be fun. We should do that. We should we should make a video with our, with our arms where, we're, where we do that, yeah, like almost like idea. Anchorman style. Let's do it. Okay, yes. we, we will. We'll do a promo. Okay, so that's it for the fight. Coming up, we've got a bird watch on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Oh, let's keep an eye on those birds. Brooke, what do you got? Oh, I'm keeping an eye on Richie Palacios. Mm. I'm I'm starting to become a Richie oh, fan, Richie, guys. Richie, okay, Richie, all right. Richie. You might say he might be the next Oscar McCarter. Guys, just give me something to enjoy watching right now with the Cardinals because it's been painful. Richie, at least, has been an exciting story, especially with his brother Joshua in that whole series with the Pirates. Joshua landing the first blow in that brother battle, but then it was Richie last night. He had a career best three hits and drove in two runs. I mentioned this earlier, but it is a little intriguing 
intriguing that he played 54 games with the Cleveland Guardians in 2022, but didn't record a single home run. So that home run that you saw last night, or I shouldn't say last night, well, yesterday, I know there was a delay. Yesterday was his first career home run, so we're excited about that. Another reason why I love Richie, though, his parents, listen to this interview with his mom. But he talks about the relationship and how they're very close. But he says there's a lot of trash talking. Have you ever seen that competition, Mom? What? We, we trash talk them. <laughs> it's all trash talking in the house. Yeah, they trash talk each other. But it's all good. It's all in love and, and it's, it's all for fun. I absolutely love that. His parents, if you're watching that during the series, they had they had a Cardinals jersey and they also had Pirates. They had hats that they would switch out. So whenever one of their sons came up to the plate, either Joshua or Richie, then that's the jersey they would have on. And then they would have the hat for when they were out in their position, fielding or whatever. And it was just, it was so cute to see that. And I love what the mom said there because that's what you need, right? You have to have that competition. And obviously it's paid off for both of them to have both of their sons in the big leagues. Um, I just love that interview, and I like the trash talk. Oh yeah, I mean that that the competitiveness. I'm sure when they're in then in that house growing up to to both be major league baseball players is pretty cool. And your parents there, I'm sure they had a large part in the success that they're having right now. <laughs> yeah, can I get up? Oh, oh, oh. what? No, I have a, I have a splat. Okay, well, oh, we need a splat. We my were, we my splat is for, we talked about it earlier, the injuries. And and when you have this many injuries to key players, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. When you have this many injuries to key players, the questions start to come up about how we're preparing our guys, how are we treating them, what, what preventative methods are we taking to make sure that we're ready to play, and then once they are, if they do become hurt, what methods are we taking to make sure that we can get them back on the field as soon as possible. When you have this many strains, this many back injuries, obliques, I would assume that's from swinging a bat. But when you get injured, as you said, Matthew Libertor, warming up on deadlifts, either you weren't properly warmed, you weren't doing Mm -hmm. the technique correctly, or the weight was too heavy, all of which fall on the strength and conditioning staff because they should know what weight you need, how you're doing the technique, and whether or not you were warmed up properly. So... Those things become to question when people start getting injured. How are we going about our day-to-day business? Because the business of professional sports is playing professional sports. It's not to be in on the injured table or, or you know, on the medical table getting treatment, can't make the club in the tub, all of those things that come along with being a professional athlete. These guys have to figure out how to keep them healthy, how to keep them strong, and how to keep them in the game so that they are not missing significant amount of time. Yes. I am not a science denier by any stretch of the <laughs> no. imagination. I am you not. believe in science. I believe in science. Good. I believe in the advancement of medicine. That being said, Jim Cott played 25 years in Major League Baseball, never had an arm injury or a leg injury, never found himself on the injured list. And famously said to the commish, the late great Rick Hummel, when asked how he was able to succeed for such a long time, he said, commish, bananas and bicycles. You <laughs> ride bananas and ride the bicycle, whether it's the outdoor or the indoor bicycle. And that's what pitchers need to do. Pitchers need to have leg stamina to be able to have strong legs for nine innings. It's not deadlifting for 15 minutes. It's running or yeah. riding a bike. And... You need the potassium so that you don't seize up. You don't pull muscles. Bananas and bicycles, pitchers. Bananas and bicycles. Just do that, and you're on your way. Just keep it easy. Yep, and Leo Mazzoni, who's a friend of the station, former Braves pitching coach, 
He had his guys throw every single day. We talked to who did we talk to here? Somebody. It was a couple of days ago. Yeah. Last week. Yeah, throwing off was. the ground. Maybe it yeah. was Adam. I don't remember. Might have been because he was down in the Braves organization. But there is something to be said for pitchers to strengthen their arms throwing. Oh man, how's that working? Yeah, interesting. Well, yeah. It's interesting that guys didn't have as many injuries years ago, mm-hmm. and we are so injured now. But we're so much more coddled now than we were right. than they were. You know, I, I 20, think, 30, 40 years ago. I honestly think athletes are way too finely tuned. Well, yeah. You know what I think it is? What I think what causes more of the injuries is the sports-specific training. When you are, That's why kids should play multiple sports. If all you do is train one particular muscle group over and over and over again, well, that muscle group is going to be fatigued by the time it's time to get to that next level. But if you're training, there are different move, movements associated with different sports. And so you're a DB, you might just be backpedaling. But when mm-hmm. you play basketball, you got to go forward. You got to go laterally. It's a lot of different things that take place for different position groups. And so when you're overtraining those muscles, mm-hmm. you tend to overuse them. Guys, uh, we talked to Chip Carey last week. We'll talk to him again tomorrow about his favorite things about baseball and just about seeing young players ascend. And before our very eyes, that's happening with Zach Thompson. He turns 26 in October. Zach, this month has an earned run average of 2.84. In 19 innings, he's allowed 19 hits, and he has struck out 23 in those 19 innings, pitching, as we mentioned, to that 2.84 earned run average. We are seeing the development of a good, young, former first-round draft choice pitcher. And for me, especially with the injury to Libertor, and with all due respect to what Dakota Hudson has done, to me, the fifth spot in that rotation right now and this is only August 24th, is owned by Zach Thompson. I'm very impressed by what he's been able to do since they put him in the rotation. I am too. That, I think that that is a bright spot right now, especially getting him back on track. This has been such a weird season for him where he even had John Mozeliak mention that they need to be a little bit more clear about roles, which I'm sure Zach is very excited to hear that but I assume at this point that you have to maybe keep him in that conversation when you're looking at depth for the starting rotation how would you ever even consider putting him in the bullpen for next year even consider it (laughs) no well they've done that this season they've already done that this season Randy come on you've seen this team Okay, I. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Yeah, I guy. I don't want to consider that. I, I hope they wouldn't do that to him again, where they say uh, one thing and then to... another. He's capitalizing on this chance right now. Well, stretching him out. Would you say agree with me that in his time as a starter that he's been the best starter? Uh, out of the one, out, out, of, out the of the young guys? In this rotation. The entire I think, rotation? I think since he became a starter, I think he's been better than Miles Michaelis. Hmm. If you're talking about specifically with this new pitching philosophy that they're looking at, I say new, new for the Cardinals when we're looking at swing and misses. I don't. I, I would. I would leave that because I still think Jordan Montgomery was pretty. Well, but I'm talking about no, since, since, since Thompson entered the rotation. Okay. Uh, probably. I yeah. would say yes. I mean, Libertor has shown it. Dakota Hudson is, but who not he on is. a consistent yeah. basis. Miles Wayno. Yeah, yeah, probably. Pretty good. Stephen so, Matz had a run there that he was yeah. doing really good till he got hurt. Yeah. So maybe 1A, 1B around yeah, in there. Pretty, he's showing himself to be pretty good. There's your bird watch on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our rush hour reset. Bad news for baseball. Coming your way on 101 ESPN.
You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. The Cardinals got a great performance from Zach Thompson yesterday. Richie Palacios quickly turning into Willie Mays, and the, he had uh, what? <laughs> what? We, we got to slow down. Well, yes, I, yes. okay, slowly turning into Willie Mays. Then. <laughs> slowly turning into Willie. Uh, yeah. Three, three for four. He's hitting three eighty nine. Wow! If okay. he ends his career there, that's the all time best in major league Whoa. history. <laughs> Got, That's a way to look at it. He's got a lot of more uh, at-bats to, okay. to, to show that he can prove to do that. Just saying. Okay. Three for four with a couple of RBIs for All Richie. Right. Cardinals Whoa. win at six to four. Yeah. And they play the the <laughs> Phillies. They get to spend some more time in Pennsylvania. They'll play the yeah, Phillies on Friday. The western part of the state is where it's at. You know, really oh, there's no yeah. doubt about mm. that. No doubt. <laughs> if you are not looking at the standings, and we don't blame you if you are not, but right now the National League wildcard teams are the Phillies, the Cubs, and the Reds with the Giants and the Diamondbacks both a half game out. In the American League, you've got Tampa, Houston, and Seattle. Seattle a game ahead of Toronto and four games ahead of the Boston Red Sox. Well, this... Uh... Stretch down that this run down the stretch for the central division is going to be uh, <laughs> oh, awesome epic. to watch. I mean, the, the Cubs, you got the Cardinals there, the Brewers, everyone's fighting. The Reds are right there. The Cardinals only 14 and a half out, so they're, they're, they're still got 33 games left. 34. When, whenever somebody says stranger things have happened, I say, Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, strange. Also, the uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, 12 out in their division. Did they just take the Anaheim off? Well, why did they do that? Uh, because why they thought, they just, they they're, thought they're that, not in Los Angeles. That's the thing. They thought they could fool people <laughs> into thinking they were in Los Angeles. It's kind of weird. But uh, they <laughs> suffered a big blow last night in their game against the Reds. Velocity. Trying to get the fastball by Carnacion Strand, who fought it off. Two balls and two strikes. And I think Ipe and... Bill Nevin are coming out. Shohei looked in there right away, and they saw and sensed something. We're seeing velocity being down even across the board as far as all his pitches. And that last pitch, 94 miles an hour. More injuries than most teams. The last pitch, that, that is fastball in on the hands. And he looked, I think that might be it for Shohei. You hear the crowd murmur, and Shohei will come out of the game. We've seen this way too many times this year. Shohei leaving the mound with Mike Frostad and Ipe behind him. And after the game, the Angels general manager Perry Manasian faced the music by facing the media. Obviously, Shohei left the game today. Um, we did imaging in between games. He does have a tear, uh, you know, and he won't pitch the rest of the year. So we're going to get a second opinion, go from there, but it's basically day to day. Obviously, he had. So, um, you know, that's that's where we're at. That's a UCL tear? Yes. Yeah. So, again, I don't have, as far as plans and details, I don't have those yet. 
I know he's going to have been in contact with his representation. Um, obviously, he hit the second game. He's played with this in 18. So, um, you know, but with that being said, we'll take it day by day and, and um, you know, see where it goes. Uh, it's going to the operating table. It's going to Tommy John surgery, unfortunately. That's, that's a massive, massive just loss for him because we knew how much money he was expected to get. And he might still get a lot of money. It's just not going to be the amount because of this injury and another setback for him. It really does feel like the Angels are cursed. Mike Trout, he was on the injured list for seven weeks and then went back on the injured list last night with wrist issues, wrist soreness. It seems like whatever's going on with the Angels, they're completely cursed. I I, I think I figured it out. Yes. What is it? I'm looking at some numbers here. So they were the California Angels for roughly 30 years. They went to the playoffs three times, correct? Yep. 30 years. They were the Los Angeles Angels or Anaheim Angels. They had Anaheim in their name for roughly, what is that, 17 years? They went to the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. And won a World Series, right? And won a World Series. Since they've become the Los Angeles Angels, there's nothing. They need to get Anaheim back in their name. Somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Go back to him. You yeah. Get an owner that's not Artie Moreno. And, uh, yeah, you know what? You could even make them the Anaheim Angels. Yeah, you <laughs> figure it out. 40-plus years of not having Anaheim in their name, and yeah. they got three playoff appearances. So let's localize this Otani story because, obviously, he's not going to make as much. Baseball will be affected by him not pitching next year. But it also causes teams that can't get him as a pitcher now for next year to focus on other pitchers, like... If you're the Dodgers, your own Julio Urias, who you can sign right now, and probably they will sign him by the end of this season or before free agency starts. That increases the value for other teams for a guy like Aaron Nola or a guy like Blake Snell, which probably, just in terms of the money generated by the franchise, knocks the Cardinals down in the pecking order. Mm -hmm. If Otani is not on the market as a pitcher, Teams like Boston and teams like the Yankees and teams like the Cubs, who, by the way, as we mentioned, are in a playoff spot right now. The big money franchises will be much more inclined to spend their money on those other guys rather than bidding for Otani. Makes it tough on the Cardinals, which is why I said earlier, you may be looking at instead of them going in free agency, because now Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, instead of 28 to 30 million, now it may be upwards to 33, 35 million that you have to pay, which that's a huge difference for the Cardinals. And they be, may be looking for via trade as opposed to free agency because now you can go get a Dylan Cease, but you're going to have to lose something in return. You're going to have to reach that. You're going to have to puke. You're going to reach you're the puke point to. and then puke. Yes, oh, that's I mean, what you're going to have to do. And that's the that's what's happened with this season, where you're going to have to get to that point and make a trade that you don't want to see. It's probably going to cost you in the long run. But with the way that this whole free agency market is shaping out for starting pitchers, that just might is what you're going to have to do at this point. And I don't think that Wilson Contreras will be as good a power hitter as Nolan Gorman. But I think for the next for for next year, I mm-hmm. think Wilson Contreras can be a better overall hitter than Nolan Gorman. I think he can hit for a higher average, not strike out as much, and maybe be a more reliable presence in the lineup than Gorman would. I, I, I've said it before, and I think Gorman will wind up being a really, really good hitter. But right now, at the plate, he's essentially a one-trick pony, right? He's He hits home runs. Yes. When he's healthy. Yeah. And Contreras does a lot. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark. He'll hit, he hit line drives. He can handle the bat. Doesn't strike out a ton. 
That strikes a lot, but not a, a ridiculously outrageous amount in this day and age of baseball. So if the Cardinals have to go with Contreras as their DH because they've moved Gorman for a pitcher, it is what it is. You've got it, and he'll make $17.5 million being your DH. Yeah. Every day, and then you have two catchers yeah. on the bench. Well, one catching and one on the bench. But the thing is, if you have the guy at DH, you can't move him to catcher because then you lose your DH. True. So, so you have to yeah. have uh, yeah you have to have, have Herrera and Kisner. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think that that I don't think that that can be the move, Randy. I don't think having three catchers, I know one is a DH. I don't think it makes sense to have those three guys on the roster at one time. It's going to be a pretty well the, the bench right now as it stands. You got Alec Burleson. Yeah, he'll you, be there. You got Burley. You got. I guess Brendan Donovan, whenever he's healthy. He can play everywhere. Yeah. So he, that's a good thing. So that allows him. you kind of to, yeah. to keep that third catcher. There is your, what's it called there? The Rush Hour Reset? <laughs> on 101 ESPN. Whatever this thing, thing is, we're oh. doing here. What the hell? I don't know. <laughs> Our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford, is going to join us to talk some hockey and more. Next, I'm- you're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. I was just telling a story during the break about a horrible uh, rental car experience that I had. It wasn't, and it, it caused me again. I've always used Enterprise, and so I made the mistake of not using Enterprise, had a horrible experience, and now I will forevermore use Enterprise. Jeremy Rutherford is with us on 101 ESPN. Jerry, you've been traveling with hockey teams and, and college football teams and football teams for a long time now. Do you have an all-time worst travel story, like the, the worst thing to happen to you on the road? Yeah, I think uh, one comes to mind for sure, and uh, you're not going to believe this, but Kelly Chase was the culprit. Uh, <laughs> it was... It was a situation where uh, the Blues landed back in St. Louis and our bags came through the regular terminal instead of going out like the Spirit and, and going through the charter area. We, we went through the terminal that everybody else used. And my suitcase was there and the entire Blues team was standing there. And Kelly Chase somehow knew it was my bag and opened it and pulled out one of the tank tops. I guess they're also called a a different name, Mm -hmm. Uh, the white tank top that you wear underneath. And he sprawled it out, spread it out over my suitcase, just draped it on my suitcase and let it spin around uh, the the suitcase area there. And everybody's laughing their butt off. And I could not grab it because then they'd know it's mine, right? So I just let it spin around about ten times. So I was the last person to leave that day. Thanks, Chaser. Oh, <laughs> Chaser's the best. I love that story. Great. <laughs> well, Jeremy, some of the big the big news coming out yesterday about Austin Matthews. He signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs, staying with the Maple Leafs, a four year, fifty three million dollar contract that will keep him through the twenty twenty eight season. Were you surprised that he decided to stay with Toronto? No, not at all. He's got a home there. He's uh, one of the the top faces of hockey right now, with, along with uh, Connor McDavid. Brooke, and uh, he has a chance to play his whole career with the Leafs and be one of their legends. And, you know, that could have been the case with any franchise, but to do it in Toronto, obviously the one thing that they're missing, he's missing, is that team success, that Stanley Cup. And uh, and that could come. And I think uh, even though they, they fell in the second round last year, you know, he made some comments in uh, on social media yesterday after signing the contract that he wants to get him there. So uh, what I like about the deal and what I like about that approach with the deal, four years, 
is he still going to be just 30 years old when he's ready for what I think is going to be another big deal? And the cap's going up. You can see reflective in his AAV, $13.25 million that they're counting on that cap going up, which it is. And, and then on that next deal in four years, like I said, he's still going to be of age to capitalize. So great deal for Toronto, great deal for Austin Matthews, and now we'll see if he can do what he says he's going to do, take them to the next level. JR, the Blues are ranked number 18 in the NHL pipeline uh, with the likes of Dalibor Dvorsky and Jimmy Snuggerud. What do you think about that number? Do you think it's a little low, could be higher? And what are your thoughts of this hockey franchise going forward in the next five to ten years, well, three to five years? Yeah, Kerry, the thing about it is the number's going up, and that's a good thing. You know, I remember for years uh, the Blues kind of were ranked – near the bottom and that's because they were bringing all their prospects up if you think about david perron patrick berglund tj oshi you know all the all the uh, rankings were reflective of they didn't have anybody in their pipeline and then they had so much success there and doug armstrong was trading some picks and trading some prospects to keep that success going uh, that they were also you know the bottom third of the league so the fact that they were 26, 27, and now they're climbing up to that 18 uh, area, I think is a good thing, and it speaks well to what they've done, both drafting and, and hopefully developing here for the Blues. So, I mean, when you have three first-round picks and you did as well as the Blues did in this draft, a lot of people are high on Dvorsky. I think 18 is a good number. You're not going to see a team jump from you know 26 to the top 10 likely. So uh, I thought that was uh, spoke well of the Blues situation yesterday in that article. JR, swinging back to the Maple Leafs for a moment, William Nylander says he wants to end his career in Toronto. He's a free agent after next season. They still have Marner. They still have Tavares. Uh, Mar- uh, Tavares at $11 million through 24-25. Marner at basically eleven through 24-25. Plus, you still have to pay a defense and a goalie. Of the, the core four, Matthews is going to be there. Tavares, Marner, Nylander. Who do you see leaving Toronto? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. That's been the question for the past few years. If they didn't reach that next level, who was going to go? It's got to be somebody. You know, the one thing that we have to keep in mind is the cap's really going to rise. Maybe not enough to keep all four of those guys, Randy, but, you know, you might jump four to five million in the next couple of years and then even see increases after that. Uh, but if you had to, you know, pinpoint a guy, a, a lot of people focus on Nylander and say there's no way that they can work something out with him, and plus there'd be a lot of interest around the league. Uh, but, you know, the guy I look at is Tavares. I don't know that, you know, he's the type of player that maybe he was one day with the Islanders. You know, I know he's uh, the captain, uh, but there's a lot of good players there, and I think they could make do without Tavares. I really like Nylander, and if he's available, you know, we've said this for years, that he he would be a really good player for the Blues. The problem is, you know, that's going to be a big number as well, and and they're up against the cap. So, uh, you know, I would, if, if it were me, it'd be Tavares. I'd probably be moving, but I think that uh, the Leafs would probably have to look at the Nylander situation. And by the way, he was in Europe yesterday, and they had a uh, player availability, and he was asked about that contract situation. He's not worried about it, wants to stay in Toronto, and he thinks that something can get done there. And I agree with you about Tavares, and I think it's a lot like the situation with Ryan O'Reilly here. He'll be heading into his age 35 season when he becomes a free agent in a couple of years, and... We see we we saw it with a really good player here that helped lead the Blues to a Stanley Cup, and sometimes guys just slow down. As we know, Father Time is undefeated, and I can't imagine that John Tavares will be the guy that will beat Father Time. No, I don't think so. And also, you know, it seems like when they, you know, I've worked with the Toronto writers at the Athletic with uh, where does Ryan O'Reilly fit, and you know, they were trying to come up with line combinations when when we were talking about O'Reilly going to Toronto. Obviously, he's moved on now to Nashville, but at the time, their question was. 
you know, where does Tavares fit? You know, is he a center? Can you move him to the wing? Does he play on wing? Does he have, you know, chemistry with the guys that they have in place up there? And the question kept coming up. So I felt like, you know, it wasn't a solid situation with Tavares there. So with that age factor, definitely he'd be the guy that I would move. Jeremy, I saw that you retweeted a great story from the Players' Tribune about Kevin Hayes, a story, for those who aren't familiar with the Players' Tribune, it's the story by the athlete, and so it's through the lens of how they want to tell, and it's about his his brother, Jimmy Hayes, and it's very, very touching. Could you just share what you got from that article? Yeah, first of all, um, let me tell you this, you know, as a writer, that's an amazing story that he told in the, in the Players' Tribune. So as a writer, when I saw the tweet come out yesterday from the Players' Tribune that, uh, you know, Kevin sat down and wrote that piece with, uh, you know, probably a ghostwriter that, that helps him, you know, you're thinking, gosh, I would have loved to have been part of that and helped him with that story and, and we could have it at The Athletic. But I think it turned out, it turned out so well. And when I finished reading it, uh, you know, I texted uh, Kevin, who, you know, I've met a few times, uh, and, and working on stories about him when he came to the Blues. And I said, hey, great, great tribute. And he shot back a text, uh, thank you very much. So, um, you know, it's a situation where, you know, how do you approach a guy you just met a few months ago and say, hey, I'd like to tell the story of, of your brother. Uh, but obviously behind the scenes, he was working with the Players' Tribune to get that done. And what I like about when the players write the articles, and obviously what I'm saying here is going to take myself out of a job, right, is uh, they just write. They, they speak differently. They, they tell it with so much passion. Sometimes you could almost be in the room with Kevin Hayes and his brother, Jimmy, um, who passed away last year, I believe, uh, with a, an overdose of uh, cocaine and, and fentanyl. And so he was paying tribute to Jimmy and he told a bunch of stories about their times together. And you just felt like I said, you felt like you're in the room with Kevin and Jimmy and you felt like, you you could uh, you know be brothers with these guys and and get their jokes and be in with their humor. So you know I tell you what we're going to find out what Kevin Hayes looks like as a player when he gets to camp and, and season gets started. But everybody I've talked to uh, tells me what a great guy this is and he'll fit in well with the locker room. And if you haven't read it, you know the Players Tribune Kevin Hayes a tribute to his brother Jimmy. That's a great piece. Highly recommended. Jared, do the Blues have a date for the first day of camp yet? Uh, I have not heard a date. Uh, I'm going to be heading out there in the next couple of days to start talking to some guys. I do know that they're going to have a rookie camp. And for people who don't know, that rookie camp has changed. Uh, it used to be uh, in Traverse City, Michigan, but now they've mixed things up. They're going to go to Minnesota this year. And I believe it's going to be uh, early to mid-September. And they're going to play uh, Chicago, Minnesota. And then that tournament, to my knowledge, is going to move around a little bit. Could be in Chicago next year. I'm sure we'll see it in St. Louis at some point. So that'll be fun for Blues fans. And then, uh, you know, you got the exhibition games in uh, September 20th, 22nd, somewhere in there. So as we know, camp should get started about 16th, 17th, somewhere in there, but we just don't have a date yet. All right. Thank you, sir. Always good to talk to you. We appreciate it. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you guys later. That's our Blues Insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN. Coming up, a lot going on as we get ready for the NFL season. NFL news and notes next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. (laughs) 
NFL news and notes. The San Francisco 49ers three years ago gave up a bevy of picks to trade up to number three in the draft to take Trey Lance. Yesterday, head coach Kyle Shanahan announcing that Sam Darnold has won the backup job to former Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. And Trey Lance at best will be number three in San Francisco, but probably will be elsewhere at the beginning of the season. I've got a couple of spots for you, but I want your take first of all on him. Lance not being a part of the Niners. Well, I think it's more about what the 49ers did to go get him. Like, you trade away that much draft capital to go get a quarterback that never really gets an opportunity. I mean, he's had opportunities but not had the success that you would think a a first-round draft pick should have, especially when you traded up to get him. Bad decision by the 49ers to go do that. Yeah, they needed a quarterback, but I think this goes back to what we talk about all the time. Combine Warriors, dra- the, the 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 moments leading up to the draft where everyone gets so excited about people in shorts and t-shirts, and they forget what they do when they got pads and and helmets on because that's football. That's what matters. I don't care how far he throws a ball rolling out in his college facility in front of scouts with nobody rushing him. What does he do when it's eleven on eleven and he got guys in his face? And how does he make plays? And Trey Lance hasn't even thrown enough passes to have been considered at that point, and still to this point, hasn't thrown enough. Excluding preseason games from the start of his college career until now, in games that have counted, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, Trey Lance has thrown 420 passes in five years. Tom Brady threw 733 passes last year alone for the Buccaneers. So let me give you a couple of spots. Number one, Russell Wilson turns 35 And I know he's got an ego, but he turns 35 in November, and their backup quarterback in Denver is Jared Stidham. I might, uh, you know what? And Sean Payton might maybe be able to get a a a mobile quarterback, an athletic quarterback, um, to to figure some things like like Trey Lance to figure some things out if Russell Wilson can. I I don't have confidence that Russell Wilson. It's frustrating for that Denver Broncos team because they have an elite defense. And I wouldn't be surprised if, in a, if, a, if a linebacker for the Broncos tackled Russell Wilson on the sideline at some point this season if he doesn't mm-hmm. perform well. And one other team that I think is interesting for Trey Lance is Miami. And I don't know how much Mike McDaniel likes Trey Lance. He had him as a yeah. rookie, right? But Mike White, their backup quarterback, has been inconsistent and now might have career-threatening concussion problems. And you obviously need a backup for Tua. And so maybe Trey Lance, if indeed Mike McDaniel likes Trey Lance, would be a fit there in Miami. I like Russell Wilson. I like the Denver Broncos situation better than than Miami. Uh, Just because I think when you bring young quarterbacks in, Russell is an older guy, so you can kind of understand the transition. But with Tua being a young player still early in his career Mm -hmm. and you bringing in Trey Lance, they had to be, what, one year apart in the draft? If yeah. I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I, I think that would be tough. Yeah, ego is a big part of the, yeah, the quarterback yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't like that if I were to. No. Well, my big question for you right now, because I was really surprised that this is still going on with Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's hinted at on social media that he's willing to continue his holdout from the Chiefs until week eight. Week eight. Eight. And until then, he's willing to forfeit his weekly game check. In that case, it's estimated to be around $1.1 million because he says, I can afford it. What do you make of that situation? I think it's intriguing. And I think he's putting the Kansas City Chiefs on notice saying, hey, if you all want me to play, if you want my services, you got to pay for it. And 
here's a guy. It seems like he's pretty. You you got to understand some positions are not really concerned about what the masses think. Defensive linemen aren't people that (laughs) really concern themselves with how everyone else is going to perceive them if they decide to hold out. He's done a fantastic job. He's a couple of times Super Bowl champion, and he's he's the guy. He was fourth in sacks last season from an interior defensive, defensive line spot. That is a guy you need on your roster. You need those type of people to create pressure up the middle, if the Kansas City Chiefs decide not to go in that direction, as good as they, they are offensively, not having him could be trouble, could spell trouble for the for the Kansas City Chiefs for 2023. Speaking of defensive players, the Arizona Cardinals announcing, or Adam Schefter announcing, that the Arizona Cardinals are trading former first-rounder Isaiah Simmons, who is a guy that can do a lot of things. I don't know if he can do them well, but he can do a lot of things. He's getting traded to the Giants for a seventh-rounder. I think he was a first-rounder only three years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think this says a lot, too, because the entire thing going into training camp was, oh, we're going to switch him to safety and allow him to do more of that stuff instead of having him play close to the line. Clearly not really working that well. Jonathan Gannon, their new head coach, running a little bit different system in uh, Arizona defensively, too. Yeah, he was a guy that came in, and they were like, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? What position does he play? He's 6'4". He's he's a huge human being that ran well, but they didn't know. They were kind of labeling him as a hybrid. But They wanted another Buda Baker? He's not Buda. He's not Buda Baker. Buda is not nearly as big, but Buda play football. Yeah, right. Buda is a a baller. He's going to go get after the ball uh, in the air. If you're running it, he's going to tackle you to the ground. He does a great job. Isaiah Simmons just... I think just never found a, a solidified role on that defense, whether or not he was a linebacker or a uh, or a safety. He's a quintessential Cardinals pick. He's an athlete. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's an athlete that we'll figure yeah, the rest out later. That's, yeah, I don't know. Also, the, res- the response to him not working was then to draft maybe a guy who's too Zayden. heavy yeah. in Zayvon Collins, who who might not be able to move enough in today's game. So it's yeah. it's kind of a weird dichotomy. It is. These people are weird. No, they definitely are. Now, maybe this is a little bit selfish of me because we're getting ready for our station's own fantasy football draft uh-huh. coming up. So maybe I will or will not use this against you. But, CD, could you give me a sleeper possibly that I should be looking out for? In in what position? It doesn't matter. Are we a PPR league? Uh, I and that. Now we're a two-quarterback league. So Ooh. we have to draft quarterbacks early. I, I, you know what? Ooh, I, I've said that's this. Gonna be, ooh, give me know. a quarterback. Give me a quarterback. A quarterback. Oh, my, if you're going to ask me for a quarterback, Will it's Justin Levis. Fields. What? No. Justin Fields. Not Mayo <laughs> I thought boy. it was going to be Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like I mean, a sleeper pick. A sleeper pick. I thought you were going to say Pickett. Justin Fields. Mm. He has mm-hmm. the ability. Mm. We saw the, the ability last year to run the ball. This year, you add DJ Moore. I, I'm telling you, I watched that game versus the Titans. Yeah. Get the ball out of his hands and let your playmakers make plays. If you can do that, get the ball to DJ Moore, and he does all of the work, I, I really like what uh, Justin Fields could provide for this 2023 season. He's going to be a stud. All right. I'll make note of that. Justin Nobody Fields. else. There we go. All right. Nobody else no heard one, that. No one else nope. is listening. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Okay. One other one. Two teams, according to ESPN, have made offers for Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, who has been allowed to engage in trade talks and work a trade with another team with the Colts. What two teams would be interested? Would the Buffalo Bills engage in trade talks for Jonathan Taylor? I think they should. I think they're a team that needs a needs that guy to run the ball effectively, efficiently. There was talks that they may be looking at the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe should be one of the teams, which I think is absolutely absurd it's because you just had money. you just had Ezekiel Elliott. Right, you could right. have brought him back on a discounted tag, a discounted price. So that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but. 
the Miami Miami Dolphins could be another one, and the Buffalo Bills definitely are are two teams that um that you could see that I could see using a, a really good running back. If you're Seattle, Chris Carson retired during the offseason. You have Kenneth Walker the third, but he was hurt last year. And Jonathan Taylor, they, they're too he's too young. Like they they are they are okay. So, Kenneth Walker was in his was a rookie, rookie last year, year. Yeah, yeah, rookie last year. So I, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't do that because I think Kenneth Walker can be a really good running back. But when you're looking at Buffalo, they don't have. I know James Cook is there. They've had Devin Singletary. They don't have a lead stud type no. of running back. Jonathan Taylor would be that. And you same thing with Miami. They got a couple of older running backs, and we know that that the way that um, Mike. What is his name? The McDaniel. Coach McDaniel likes to run the football when he was the OC in San Francisco, how he likes to run the ball with multiple running backs. If you get a Jonathan Taylor on that type of running style, that type of offense that runs the ball in that way, that might be a good look for him as well. I'm intrigued. I can't wait to. And apparently this is going to come to a conclusion by Tuesday because that's the deadline for him, Taylor, to be placed on the season pup list. And if they place him on that pup list, which they have to do on cutdown day, he would not be available to a team until after week four. So they've got to make a deal probably by Monday and get him into a we'll new see team. see how it goes. Those are yeah. NFL news and notes on 101 ESPN. He needs a, he needs a fullback in I, front of him. I hope the Colts get crushed. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Let's see how they run the football with that rookie quarterback not having someone to hand it off to. Probably Good will. Luck. He gonna be running a lot yep. himself. Coming up, rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Down. On September 3rd, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, 101 ESPN has your chance to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Shine Down with special guest Papa Roach. Uh, is that pizza? That's Papa John's. That oh. Papa Roach on Sunday, night, September 3rd at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Text in to score free tickets to Shine Down. Now at 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. And all you need to do is ask, answer this question. What will Brooke and Carrie be drinking close to the conclusion of this show when they go out in a boat in the St. Louis metro area? What are they going to be drinking? And it's not alcoholic necessarily. Mm. They're going to go out in a but boat? But they've said it on the air today. It's going to be what what flavor? It is a controversial, polarizing topic. Controversial to me. It's not. So uh, what what are they? What what is going to be in (laughs) their drink? All you need to do is answer that question, and you can get tickets to Shine Down. Text in right now. You can also find a bonus chance of winning free tickets for the show right now on the 101 ESPN mobile app. Get all the details at 101ESPN.com. Here, Greg Amzinger, by the way, on our app and on the website. He is on the podcast after the show, brought to you by Dobbs Center and Auto Center, and to Jeremy Rutherford is going to tell you his story, his travel story as well. Uh, what do we got in rock and roll? Well, Randy, I don't know if you guys were up, but maybe a little bit late last night, and you heard you heard a noise coming from the west. That was the sound of a resurrection. Calling strikes. That ball is hammered high and deep to left field, and gone a two-run homer. For DeYoung, who had 13 homers earlier this year as a Cardinal, and you just kind of had this thought, well, 13 homers, 
That's this year. And maybe he'll run into one here in Philly, and he has done so. Welcome to San Francisco, Paul DeYoung. DeYoung, line drive into left center field. That's a base hit for Paul DeYoung. Schmidt scores. Bailey read it all the way right behind him. He'll score. Around to third goes Wade Meckler. Seven to five Giants. And Paul DeYoung is having one of the great debuts in recent Giants history. You got that right. How about four ribbies? And clutch. He went to the well just one too many times. Comes with the fastball again. This time a little more in on the plate. And he drives this one, purifies it. There it is. Oh, Wagner. No. He's no. resurrected, CD. RBI, three of five. He gets a home run in the top of the fourth inning. And then in the top of the tenth, it's tied five to five. A two-run RBI, a two-RBI single for Paul DeYoung to put the Giants ahead for good in that game. What a magical performance by the resurrection of Hannes Wagner. Philadelphia. Little recommendation. Don't tug on Superman's cape. Oh, my oh. God. Don't spit into the wind. Oh, take my bag off. <laughs> Gary was so mad from the get-go. I forgot I got a D. couple of things I got to put up. Holly D. Who's, who's more angry right now, fan? Cardinals fans or Blue Jays fans? Blue Jays fans. Yeah, probably. He, probably Blue Jays. Well, he hit 075. They, they should be happy with, with Cabrera and, and Jordan point. Hayes. That's, that's, true, that's yeah. a good point. That's a very good point. Bullpen is, is doing really well. Something we didn't really talk about on the show that I needed to get Carrie's opinion on. Uh, we mentioned that James Harden had some choice words for uh, the man who runs his, his basketball organization, Darryl the Moore. Philadelphia 76ers, Daryl Morey. Well, the NBA did not like that. They slapped James Harden with a $100,000 fine <laughs> for calling Daryl Daryl Morey, a liar while he was on a trip to China. The NBA PA is now filing uh, a grievance over the Harden fine. Carrie, I just need to hear your response to a player getting fined for calling his organization liars. That's ridiculous. I mean, what are we doing here? Free speech, freedom of speech is no longer. And and it'd be one thing if they had proved that it was an untrue. <laughs> if he did lie to him, I would assume that that's okay. That you can say, hey, he's a liar. He lied to me about this situation. And here I am, unfortunately, going to have to make, what is he making, $28 million, $26 million this year? Uh, yes, I believe so. And I have to stay in Philadelphia with the MVP of the league, and they're going to force me to play with this guy. Is he higher? 30? He's, uh, he's fully guaranteed at uh, 35.6 this past year. Uh, just so poor me. This guy lied to me. I got to make $35 million this year and play with the MVP of the league. And I, he, I was supposed to – he wants to be in Houston, man. He got his jersey retired in an establishment. Yes, he does. So <laughs> that seems to be the place where he wants to go. The Clippers, I, I think, maybe. Oh, he wants to go to L.A. Yeah. Well, you don't – they don't have – trust me. Listen, and I, I think what I happened think was – Think or two about a thing or two with those establishments. They're not the same in L.A. as they are no, in Houston. No, they are. No. <laughs> the same. I, I believe that what is happening here – in regards to the fine, is that you can't demand trades anymore. The league is tired of that, and you can't publicly demand a trade, and he essentially did that. So you can't publicly complain about the GM lying to you. Right, because it was pretty well known. Number one, he didn't get it in writing, and pretty well known that he had demanded for a third time a trade from an organization. I think the league is tired of that, and right. so that, that's why it was put into the CBA. How do they know that he lied, though? I mean, he, had, he, he could well, be telling the truth. How can you find him for telling the truth about what took place? You're mad because he said it out loud? Well, Kerry, 
if you publicly state that the league made a mistake in an officiating call, and then they That's come out, the and then they come out and say in the two minute report, we we got that call wrong, you will still get fined for telling yeah. for well, going publicly well, to the media and saying they were wrong. Let's use our logic class here, okay? What team is Daryl Morey the president of? 76ers. And did James Harden say twice, I will never play for an organization that Daryl Morey is in charge of? Yes. Said it twice. So basically, he's telling me, I'm not going to play for the Philadelphia 76ers, which means because he's under contract that he's demanding a trade. Well, I can tell you that I'm purple, but I'm standing here and I'm not. So if it doesn't matter what I say. I, I If I said something and it's not That's true. That's why we're using logic here. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. He's going to get his money back. Think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't think okay. he does. I, I, I think he does. I, I uh, there's not, if, if it's in the CBA, I don't know what they're going to do. But he never, if he didn't say those words, if he never said, I want to be out of here, he said, Daryl Morey is a liar, and he, I don't want to play for he, a liar. He, he said, no, he said, I will never play for an organization that Daryl Morey is a part of. And he's under contract to that team. You can say that, but he didn't publicly say, I want to be traded. Well, then what was he saying with that? Just saying, he could be saying Daryl Morey needs to be fired. If I'm the NBA PA, I'm telling you he shouldn't be. He shouldn't have a job, and I'll play here. That if I want to spin it, carry. If I want to spin, if I want to spin it, do you really? That's what. Do you that's really, how I. I didn't do, ask for a trade. Do you really think that James Harden didn't ask for a trade? I don't know. He didn't say. If he didn't say it out loud, if, you're taking it, my money on an if assumption. It walks though. like a duck and quacks like a duck. But it, but did it? Did you see Which? it? Did it? Did it do it? Did it do it in did Houston? You, did it do it in Brooklyn? Hey, Does it, has it been widely reported? I'm the uh, so NBA. I'm not, not going to stop trusting Woj now over James Harden. If I'm the MB, MBPA, I'm saying I never said I wanted a trade. I just said I didn't want to play for an organization that he is in, in charge of. And then I wonder what happens when you put him under oath. <laughs> you smash up your damn phone. The hell are you doing? I watched Tom Brady. The hell, I know what to do. Yeah. That video's everywhere, though. I know what That's to do. What? Smash it. Don't throw it away. You smash it. It never happened. Oh, Great stuff. Yeah. Great job today by our producer engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this was fun. Yes. Now, I want you to support local business today. Please. Because Clearly if I'm not mistaken, like if you go across the street and go to Starbucks across the street, you're going to have like 10, 12 St. Louis ins that are employees there. Yeah. They are local and they make their money by working at that store. They're, you will be supporting people that live in your community. I love doing that, actually. It's it's crazy. You know, I I live here, pay taxes here part of the community here. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. We give back. And by yeah. the way, you go to many more, I'll say it aloud. Establishments. You go to many more local restaurants than I do. <laughs> I love local restaurants. You you are all over the local I, yeah. restaurant scene. A little foodie. Yeah, no doubt about it. A little foodie on the nice. side. So don't worry about don't worry about idiots. Okay. So I'll say it. it. Don't worry about idiots. I like that. That's a good motto, I want to go to a place. I want to buy a T-shirt, a golf shirt, some frozen shrimp, and some trail mix today. Oh, and by the way, I want to go look at light bulbs, too. What local establishment that has all of those things should I go to? Target? Target. (laughs) <laughs> Target. Sorry, I gotta go to Target. I gotta go to Target. <laughs> there you That's go. What you do. Uh, CD. Oh, Wait, oh look at me. Sorry, you didn't oh. hear. You didn't. Hear. No, no, I didn't hear what he says. My, my man. man. Oh, I said oh. CD. Oh, sorry, my bad. Watch your face. We want to see your face. I was just. You want to see my face? 
I was finding out that Andy from Baldwin is our winner today. Oh, good. Oh. Andy from Baldwin. Congratulations. <laughs> a lot shock. Tim Barrett Rock just looked at me with. Okay, the amount of times that Ryder has, that he's talked to me with very pertinent information at the exact time when one of the hosts is like, hey, we got something for you. And it's like, this is the worst time thing in the world. We, we actually work with Ryder on that. Yeah, We're like, we how do we make this as difficult as, as possible for Rock? How many times can we get Rock to make the dumb face on there YouTube? Uh, Tim McKernan's going to have Coach Vermeil on the show coming up at 1015. Looking forward to that. The Hall of Famer, Dick Vermeil, joining T-Mac without Ajax next. Matthew, you going to st- stay right here? Yes, sir. I'm on balloon party again. Good. Do you get to talk some NBA with T-Mac? Um, I don't, I don't have that... any NBA on the show today, no. No, oh, that's surprising. I oh, know. Sorry, Stinks. Jackson. Yeah. All right. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Hope you'll join us tomorrow morning. And until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great Friday Eve, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.